0: Congratulations.
1: You played yourself.
0: Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes! Yes! Yes!
1: Yes! Oh yes! That is a
0: disgusting act. The lead, the lead, the lead, the lead. You just made the list!
1: Congratulations. You played yourself.
0: Here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Lucha Outsider Show. I am the heel that seals the deal, the villain that stays chill, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Radar. And I'm joined by my tag team partner. his the analysis of the L-O-C. He is a straight shooter on Twitter. When it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of L.I. Yo, yo, yo. What is going on? What's going on, Ryan? It's been a very hectic and crazy couple of days, dude.
1: It really has, bro. I, I couldn't wait to come on here and talk all about it because it's just like, like we were just saying off there, it's been just unbelievable. And uh, it's unfortunately, the week has come to an end tomorrow's Monday, which oh. sucks back to work back to reality. But man, uh, we definitely both of us had a, a fun few days for sure.
0: Yeah, man, Um, I, I put it in one of the, the posts I did, I think, yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. You know, it's been a really rough year, but, you know, the last couple of days have definitely been, uh, you know, they've been pretty good, man. Um, it was a great distraction, and, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better uh, birthday weekend. I just want to thank everyone, you know, friends, a whole bunch of people that I bumped into at AEW Dynamite, uh, Grand Slam on Wednesday, and also at the GCW show, you know, people that I didn't see even to prior to the pandemic. Um, it was just great to be in that type of atmosphere. It kind of felt like WrestleMania-esque in, in a way because you just see all these people just coming for the same reason, just to have a good time, especially at Grand Slam. And um, it, it, it was great. You know, I couldn't ask for a better weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, dude, one of the most memorable wrestling events um, probably ever yeah. falls on your birthday. And that's just definitely going to be a birthday you'll never forget because, uh, you know, I'm sure there's never really been like this type of a show on your birthday uh, no. at all. So, yeah, it, it was awesome. Uh, it was a great time chilling with you and meeting a lot of people, too, yeah. um, that listen to the podcast and support that I've known, that I've seen before, but never actually met in person. So that was very cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. We, we got to see a lot of friends of the show, uh, including Scott Rand. Uh, you finally got to meet him in person. He's a, he's a great dude or whatever. And we're going to get into all that, but first – Let me start with the gimmick, bro. Hashtag, it's rebel time, and I fucking need one because I'm still trying to get my voice back. My voice hasn't even fully, you know, come back since Dynamite, bro.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, I don't mind. It was crazy, dude.
0: It's well worth it, though. All right, so let's start from the beginning. Wednesday, my birthday, uh, we were messaging back and forth. And you weren't you weren't even necessarily sure what time we were gonna get there because you were just getting out of work, correct?
1: Yeah, um, I, I didn't request off of work, um, that day just because of the the previous week when I went to Jersey for Dynamite, I had to take off for that. Right. So I don't, I just didn't want to ask uh get off two days in a row, not two days, two straight uh weeks in a row, um. But, dude, I, I, it wasn't busy at all. Uh, it was a slow morning. So I said, you know what? I'm just dipping. And I left. And uh, that's how I got there early. And uh, I'm glad I did.
0: Yeah, so we ended up, you end up spotting me. So I get to the, so I come from Jersey. So I got, it took me about maybe an hour 20 to get to um, Arthur Ashe, which is right next to City Field. And, um you know, I get there, I get to the parking lot, whatever. And I just start walking. I had no idea where I was walking to. I didn't even know how <laughs> to get to the venue because it's like, it's kind of like under the parking lot where I parked that and where you guys obviously parked that, it's kind of like underneath like like this boardwalk type gimmick. Like I guess that's the best way to put it. And everybody's just kind of like hanging out and drinking, you know, tailgating or whatever. And you ended up spotting me.
1: Yeah, actually, uh, Brian, shout out Brian Sendak, Royal Ramble, I uh, was with him and uh, my brother and, and my two other boys. And uh, we, we were just chilling and talking and he was facing in your direction and he was like, cause we were talking about you too. Cause he was asking me like when you were coming or whatever, we knew it was your birthday, we want to hang out or whatever. And um, he's like, oh, I think I see Mario. And I'm like, what? And he literally spots you from all the way down. He's like, yeah, I I, I think I know what he wears. <laughs> and I think that's him. And, and then I look, and then I'm like, I, I'm just giving him a call. Like, I don't know. I don't really see. And then that's when I gave you a call, and, and it ended up being you.
0: Yeah. I love how Brian's <laughs> response is like, I know what he wears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> it's it, hard to spot him out. Yeah, exactly. I kind of um... – I guess I guess I have a kind of a unique style of just wearing shit or whatever. But um, it's funny because so hey, that's,
1: that's how people point you
0: out, though, right? So. Right, right, right. So it's funny because when you called me, I was with Scott because Scott found me too, and he said the same thing. You know, happy birthday, whatever. And he was like, "Hey, you want a beer, man? You 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 know, are you drinking?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I got to drink now because I got to drive home later. So I, I definitely don't want to be like buzzed or anything like later on." But yeah. Like, he gave me a beer, then he called me, we met up, and we just kind of, like, started talking shop for, like, about an hour, hour and a half, you know, just kind of having a good time and, you know, meeting different people. I ended up meeting uh some of your other buddies or whatever, and, you know, we were just all hanging out, having a good time, and we ended up taking pictures with a whole bunch of random people, and I was like, you know, we're taking <laughs> pictures with these randoms, but you know what? We're great, guys. <laughs> Complete
1: random, bro. It's so funny. Uh, But, yeah, no, it, it was a great time. Like I said, it's... It, you know the event itself obviously was awesome. But we'll, we'll get into that. And usually, like when we go to these things, like obviously we go to them for the events. But some of the best parts is the before and after, like the hanging out. You know, right? You and and my other guy, like my other friends that like you know you don't really get to hang out with all the time, but you do it at these shows because you know you just that's that's basically when we see each other. Um. So yeah, that that's like one of the best parts to me is like the hanging out uh, before before the show. It's it, it was just a great time
0: yeah it really really was um and you know what just being outside there too i kind of got a, a real good look at the arthur ash stadium ve- venue like from the outside like appearance wise and it's like it has like a very unique look to it it kind of looks like like when i looked at the venue it kind of looks like an upside down pyramid like the way it kind of like like shoots up like wideways it's weird but like I guess visually, it just looks cool. It looks like it has like a really unique look to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I, it's so funny because, you know, growing up being a Mets fan, I've going to City Field all these years. And even when Shea Stadium was there, before City Field was built, um, you know, I, I always saw Arthur Ashe Stadium, you know. It was always right next door. But I never really, like, I don't know, took note of it uh, too much. And, you know, I, I knew tennis was going on there, but I never thought I would ever step foot in the building or, right. you know, or anything like that. Um, so when this was announced to be at Arthur Ashe, I was super hyped and, uh, you know, I, if it wasn't for this event, I still to this day probably wouldn't step foot in there cause I'm not going there for, for tennis, but, um, yeah, it, it's a very unique venue. It kind of looks like, uh, from the outside, it reminds me of like Space Mountain in Disney. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, you know what? Like it, it is very it? Space Mountain-esque. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I definitely agree. <laughs> all right. So we eventually, after like all the shenanigans, I think I even had a little bit of the bubbly legit like a no joke that's a (laughs) straight shoot i don't
1: i don't know who that woman was but she had the bubbly bottles and she's just passing it around and we're all just taking a swig of it yeah i do remember that and i
0: took like a good gulp out of it and i was like dude i gotta go back to the car i got like hand sanitizer today i need to clean up because like i smell like champagne and i definitely don't want to walk in there smelling (laughs) like champagne but we get to the venue and somehow i lose you and I forgot who did I blame. Oh, yeah. I think I blamed. I think I blamed Brian. I think I blamed the Royal Rumble. I'm like, Brian, I blame you. How do you lose Ryan? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> what happened? And he's like, You're really blaming me. But obviously, I'm joking around. But I'm like, I blame you, bro. I blame you. How do you lose Ryan? So I end up messaging you. I'm like, Dude, where are you? You're like, Get out of line. Why are you there? Just walk. And I'm like, What? So I call you, and I'm like, What are you talking about? And he's like, Bro, it's it's a work. Like, just get out of line and just start walking straight. So I'm like. Okay, so I legit just hop out of line, and then you just see like Brian and and everybody else that we were with, because I think it was like a good six or seven of us um that were with us. We ended up just walking. We ended up just walking past everybody, and you was right. It was a fucking gimmick line. Why was there even a line?
1: That's what that's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like we all, so we all we kind of walked on there separate. I don't know because like some of us, I feel like we're using the bathroom, then I had to I had to go to my car real quick. And then by the time I was done with that, basically. All you guys were, like, gone. I, I, my two other friends met up with me, and then we walked together. But, yeah, I mean, like, we looked at the line, and then my, my friend Ryan, who had my ticket. Because, you know, so the thing is, we didn't all sit together. We all sat in separate locations. So it was just me, my brother, and my friend Ryan, um, who bought tickets to the show. And he was all the way at the front. So he was the one that called me and told me, like, dude, like, where are you? And I'm like, dude, I'm in line. He's like, what do you mean, line? I said, I'm on line on the, on the freaking boardwalk thing. He's like, no, 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 no. He was the one that told me, get off of that and walk around. Like, like, I'm all the way up at the front. I have your ticket. I'm like, okay. And then once I, I just literally walked past, I was expecting to get stopped by like a security guard or something, being like, no, 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 like this is the line here. But I literally just walked right past the dude. I think we even made eye contact. And <laughs> I don't know. I was just walking and then, you know, got to the security and, and where they check your tickets and stuff. And I'm just like, why are people waiting on that line? Like, it's just a circle. That's it. Like, I don't. I, I don't know why or who formed that line, right. but it was pointless. It, w-
0: it really was pointless. So, but I guess everybody was somehow making a line because they were checking, like, your vaccination cards, right? Like, that was the un- even yeah, the right. only reason why it was so packed. But, like, the line was really unnecessary because you could have just walked right up. So one thing I did notice, and I was telling this to Brian, too, like, once uh, they checked our uh, card and then we actually got into the venue, like, when they scan your ticket or whatever, like, the outside area of, like, the venue, right, it kind of reminds me of Six Flags. Like, that's the vibe <laughs> I got. Like, it had, like, a yeah. very Six Flags adjacent feel where you walk in there and there's, like, a whole bunch of trees and a whole bunch of, like, gimmick, like, not stores, but I guess, like, where you could buy stuff stuff or whatever. And then, like, towards the left is where, like, the bathrooms were at. So I kind of got, yeah. like, a Six Flags vibes to it. I don't know if you got that same vibe.
1: Uh, yeah, I could definitely see it. Yeah. It, it, like I said, I really enjoyed uh, the venue like I- itself, like uh, I'm gonna get into like other yeah. things that yeah. were uh-huh. very like uh like iffy about about this place, but for the most part, I really thought like this was a really cool like vibe, like it's surrounding it on the outside. Um, like I said, it's it's mainly for tennis, but I just felt like like the outside. It was just a cool area,
0: you right? Know? Right. <laughs> yeah, I felt the same way too. So we finally get in line or whatever, and we all end up going to our seats, and I ended up bumping into like a so many people. So like I saw my friend Deb at one point or whatever that I haven't seen her like in two years. And she spotted me like, wow. Like after I got off the phone with you, and you were like, dude, get out of line. I'm like, bro, I was telling like Brian and then I'm like, bro, let's start walking. Let's just go whatever. Right. So I'm speed walking at this point or whatever. And I hear somebody say Mario. And I saw my friend Deb and she was in line. So I legit like contradicted what I said. And I did like, I stopped just to say, like, say hi to her and give her a hug and then just completely just keep walking again. And Brian's like, bro, what are you doing? You, you, you're doing exactly the same thing for that you told us not to do. I'm like, sorry, it happened. I'm like, but, so, we get to the you know, they scan our tickets, we get to the venue, whatever we get in line, uh, you know, there's a security check or whatever, and then I bump into um, Brady and Danielle from the heel mark. so I started chop, chopping up with them, and then my buddy Matt, that I haven't seen since prior to the pandemic, so, and you know, and that was that's kind of like the theme of the whole night, if you think about it. Just bumping into people that you haven't seen in forever, because This is pretty much the tail end, if not post-pandemic, and I don't know, it was just like a really, really different, exciting feel for this AEW show, like everyone legit had like no questions or no like doubt, like hey, we're not going to see like not a great show, no, this is going to be a great show, it's AEW's first time like in the New York area, and everybody just went there to have a good time, even people that are WWE Shields that talk so much crap about AEW, I even spotted people like that at this AEW show, so everybody just went there just to have a great time, so we finally get into the venue, whatever, and then I ended up bumping into you guys at one of the concession stands, which I don't know if you want to take it away from there, because that's a story in itself as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I mean, we we get in, and similar to you, like, I I saw a bunch of people that I haven't seen in a while, too, actually had to meet up with my buddy Jason, who, um, he lives about... A half hour away from me um he's got his own place but he's got like a lot of things going on he's a teacher he's in, he's engaged and stuff like that so he's got a lot of he's got a busy life uh, i haven't seen him since double or nothing i went to his house um in may for double or nothing and i haven't seen him since and <clears throat> when i was in chicago i bought him a cm punk shirt just so he wouldn't have to go through all that crap with pro wrestling tees and waiting weeks to get a shirt right uh, so i had to meet up with him and uh he was actually on the merchandise line too so i asked him if he could grab me um, one of the Daniel Bryan shirts because I didn't I got shut out of that uh, last week in Jersey he didn't have my size so he got me a shirt I got him a shirt so we kind of had to do a little exchange so I met up with him we were talking for a bit and then after that that's when um I met up with you but before that uh, when I'm talking to my friend Jason my brother is texting me and calling me and he's like yo we went to the seats and our view is obstructed I oh, said I said oh jeez oh, and he sent me the picture and it's like uh, the, where the ring is, it's like the camera, the, the, like the, I think it's called the jib that like just goes up and down and like the guys control it. It's kind of like a crane.
0: It looks like a crane with a camera on it.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Right. Right. It's blocking the view of the ring. Like it's immediate. And there's no way like around it. Like, it's not like, like, yeah, the, the top part of the camera will go up and down depending on, you know, what angles they're trying to get to film. Like the guys coming out of the entrance trap or whatever, but the, the, the main part was, like, smack in the middle of the ring. So, like, there, there's no way we would have been able to see, you know, everything going on in the ring. So um, they went to – because, like I said, I wasn't with them. They went to the customer service representatives uh, arguing with people. They're, they're being sent to, like, four different locations. And then I finally meet up with them after after talking to my, my friend. And uh, we're waiting there, bro. Like, we are wait- – it's, it's, like, almost 7 o'clock now at this point. It's, like, 645, you know, 650. The show is supposed to start at 7 o'clock and everybody's under the impression that they're filming Rampage uh, before the show and right. as well as after. But, you know, it's a two-hour show, so they're going to film some before and after. So we're waiting there, man. And I'm just like, we're literally beside ourselves. Like, there was this one security guard that we were waiting by. He was, like, the only one that really helped us out. And I felt bad because, like, you know, we were, like, getting all pissed off. But it's not really directed at him because he's doing all this. <laughs> so we're we're literally waiting for – his manager his boss or whatever to come and i don't even know like what's gonna happen when he when he gets here like i don't know if he's just gonna like what he's gonna tell us or anything like that um dude we're waiting we're waiting like seven o'clock at this point the guy shows up right on the dot man this guy couldn't have been any more perfect timing even though i would have preferred that he got there a little bit earlier but whatever guy shows up with four tickets for us for new tickets and oh my god. they were it was uh i mean god these seats were like 10 times better man like if you followed um on twitter uh at the lucha outsiders i posted a bunch of pictures got insane just the most insane views i literally like the best seat in the house and i was so we were very relieved very happy about that so thank god they made things right but man like it was just such a nightmare uh it, it shouldn't have taken as long as it did to, to solve this issue you know
0: I was talking to, so after the show, I was talking to my boy, Kevin, or oh, uh, shout out to my boy, Kev, and he knew I was there or whatever, and he, he watched it, obviously, from home or whatever, and he said, like, yo, the venue looks, like, so dope visually or whatever, yeah. you know, during, like, the, the show, and it, it just looks, it looks like a crazy-looking venue, like, but in a good way. And I was like, yeah, but I told him, like, visually-wise, like, being in the arena, like, it's fucking great, but, like, being, like, by the concessions and even, like, the merch lines, that's a fucking disaster, like, because, like, my boy was like, dude, like, yo, I hope AEW continues running there or whatever, like, yo, fuck MSG and fuck Barclays, and I'm like, dude, I get what you're saying, but Barclays and MSG, when it comes to, like, running shit, in my opinion... It's, like, out of the water compared to this place or whatever. This has nothing to do with, like, a WWE versus AEW thing. No, it's just, like, I feel like so this, this venue only runs tennis. They're not used to kind of, like, the animals of what wrestling fans are. So, like... Yeah. I did not drink at all whatsoever at this show, or whatever. I because the lines were in fucking sane. Like I've been to different venues and arenas and stadiums around the country, or whatever. Obviously, I went to Japan at the Tokyo Dome, or whatever, and I've never seen it this like disorganized this and just a mess. Long lines, I get it, but like. I felt like there was just a lot of disorganized. Like, the whole thing was just disorganized when it came to that aspect. Um, I don't know if you want to add on to that.
1: Yeah, well, so then once we got our ticket situation figured out, um, you know, they ended up filming uh, some of AEW Dark instead yep. of Rampage. Yep. So I was like, oh, God, like, that's perfect because I was starving. Uh, I, I didn't eat since, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I was so hungry. Um, so I went to go get food and drinks and I didn't, I didn't drink uh, alcohol either at the event just because I don't know, like you said, the lines were long and I already drank beforehand. So I just wanted a water bottle. Um, but just the line for that was insane too, but waiting on the food line. And that's another thing too, is like, there was not many food options available too. I don't know if it's just in the area that I was in, but literally the only thing you could get was a hot dog um a sausage and a pretzel those were the only three options for food like no like burgers no chicken tenders and i don't know if there was any in other areas like i said i don't know there was other
0: areas too that had like like different like i think at one point you could get like pulled pork and i forget what was like another one like maybe nachos or something but yeah there wasn't that much variety at all
1: yeah i mean you know like you said for for like a, a stadium like this like you know like i don't even even see like fries or anything either like i didn't see that either this this is just like the food that people want to eat at these type of things you know i mean yeah it's just i don't know i thought that was a little odd too but the line luckily wasn't that long i I know you hopped on with us at one point too yeah um and like i said it worked out because they filmed dark uh but i know a lot of people that tried to get like food and beers during the event and one of my friends he was, like, sending me pictures of, like, the line. He was on the beer line forever. He missed, like, two matches. He missed, like, the Cody and tie and match. And then he missed, like, half of the other one that, that came after that. And, you know, partially, like, I mean, I'm not going to say it's his fault. But, like, I don't know. It's just, like, if I seen that the line was that long, like, I would have never waited just because I don't want to miss the show. To me, it's not worth it for an overpriced beer. But, I don't know. Some people are different, whatever. Um, but the fact of the matter is they just were very – short-staffed, I feel like. And like you said, they just were not prepared for how many people were going to be at this event. And I don't really understand how that happens. Like, you know how many tickets you sold. Right. Like, I, I knew how many people were going to be there, so how did the people that are actually working there not aware of how many people are going to be there? And then um, I guess I'll just skip ahead, too, since we're on this subject, too. I, during Rampage, after Dynamite, I was just really thirsty. I finished my water, like, over an hour ago and I just needed another water. So I, it was like the Lucha Bros um, and um, uh, Santana Ortiz match, yep. uh, that big eight-man tag with the party family office. So I was like, I don't really need to see this. So I left during that and no lines. So I walked right up and I said, can I get a water? The guy tells me, we don't have cups.
0: Oh my God. I'm like, God. you don't
1: have cups. <laughs> I, I, I literally like stared. I'm like, so what am I supposed to do? Like. And then I was like, "Is there anything else to drink?" And he's telling me there's soda and beer, and I, I don't drink soda and I don't want a beer. I I, I just wanted a water, for God's sake. Um, and he's got no cups, and I'm just like, "What if he I couldn't?"
0: Was... He couldn't give you like the water bottle.
1: But, yeah, I, I know. I guess not. I didn't even I didn't even ask, uh, but I guess not because they the, previously when I got the water, they had to pour it into the plastic cup, which is usually what they do at these type of places. Um, I don't know. But, just, okay, guess, but
0: hold on. Okay, but pause. So if there was no cups, how could he have given you the water? Like he couldn't have given you the water, but he said like there's soda and beer. Yeah. Like yeah, what, what's the difference? I,
1: I I, yeah, no, I don't know. So maybe maybe I'm, I was allowed to take the, 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 I think it was like, I don't know if it was cans of soda or whatever. I was allowed to take that, but I wasn't allowed to take a water bottle. I don't know. I, I literally, I was just like mind boggled. I literally said to the guy, "I was like, so what if I was dehydrated right now? Like, like what? What would you do? Like, would you just say, or would you just let me like pass out?" And he's "Yeah, like, eh, well, we don't have cups, so get that Yo, <laughs> like, like, what like, the I, fuck? I don't know. Man. I don't get it. So it was just, it was just ridiculous. Like I said, I didn't really quite question it too much. I didn't try and argue too much. I really right. wasn't in the mood. There was uh, water fountains that I that I just used over by the bathrooms i felt like a kid in high school again uh Uh, it's just just ridiculous though like just the the point of the matter is like how do you have twenty thousand people at this event and run out of something like a cup like it's just ridiculous like i was literally going to give them my money and they had to turn me down because there's no cups (laughs) like what
0: yeah it's um definitely strange um i don't get why they, they they were willing to sell you you know, like a beer or a soda, but not water because there was no cups I and mean, That's definitely weird. But nonetheless, like, mine is like, the shenanigans of, like, the the concession stands and the merch table, which that's another issue, too. So, like, I was telling you online because at one point we bumped into each other, like, throughout the show a couple of times. Like, you know, during, <laughs> like, breaks or, like, oh, you know, man, we don't really have to see this match, but... At one point I remember telling you we were you were in line at the merch stand for something. I forgot. I think you wanted to get something for like one of your boys or something. And I was uh-huh. telling you I'm like two things. I don't see the CM Punk black ringer shirt and two, how does Adam Cole and the Young Bucks debut a brand new shirt and the shirt is not even available at this venue?
1: yeah yeah i think that's more of an that one obviously it's more of an aew problem right that's another thing too when it comes to aew compared to like something like wwe and i hate to compare that too but it's just like it, when it comes to these type of things it's like it's hard not to with wwe this this was stuff would never happen right They've got their merchandise scheme just down pat like they got first of all they have merchandise trucks outside of all of the events like all the, like the that ones at barclays or whatever yep uh, all the ones i've been to they have merchandise trucks outside so you could buy the merchandise before you get in okay so that you know there's not just a, a insane line once you get in and you're basically shit out of luck because you know who the hell wants to wait on that for a merchandise so and then they always have the brand new shirts too like if somebody's debuting a new shirt or if a new shirt just came out the day prior they'll most likely always have that available there with aew I mean, for this event, you know, you would think like Grand Slam, it's a stadium show. It's, it's one of their biggest shows ever. The card was stacked. They don't even have like a shirt that like, uh, like commemorates the event. Like, like just like a Grand Slam, I was there with yep. like, I don't know, some of the matches on or some of the guys. Like, nothing, bro. Like, no Omega versus Brian shirt. Uh, like, like, with a date on it. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, me, I'm a sucker for those type of things. Like, I like to, if there's a, a really special event I'm going to, I like to have a souvenir.
0: Uh, Especially uh, something like this, because this legit, like, no trying to hype it to to something else or, you know, just try to shill over here. No, what we saw Wednesday in its entirety was a historic event.
1: Right, And, and, and they had nothing to commemorate that event, like, no special souvenir or anything that people could take home with okay yeah they had they had ringside chairs uh you know which whoever got lucky enough to sit in that got to take home but even that okay uh we i met up with one of my friends um afterwards in the parking lot and he literally got the chair he had the ringside seat and he showed me the chair bro they didn't even update the poster that was on the chair and what i mean by that is when this got announced in july they came out with, you know, a graphic of like, you know, I don't know, Kenny on it, Jericho, Show, yeah, yeah, yep. Bucks, everybody. But no, obviously no CM Punk, no Brian Danielson, no Adam Cole, because obviously they weren't there yet. And literally the design on the chair was that one that they released in July. They didn't have no Brian on it, didn't have no Punk on it, didn't have no Cole on it. Yeah. And to me, it's kind of like, how do you not update that to put... Like Brian Danielson on it. I mean, the right. guy's in one of the big smashes of the night. Yeah. Adam yeah. Cole on it. Why wouldn't you put CM Punk on it? Like, Ruby Soho. Me, right, right. To me, those type of things bother me. Now I get mean, it. Maybe somebody else doesn't really care, but to me, it's just kind of like you're looking back on that event, and it's like, oh, yeah, Brian Danielson faced Kenny Omega, but he's not even anywhere on. Your chair, like I don't know, like to me that, that stuff bothers me. It so feels like, very
0: lazy because you know they have the the obviously the money and also the resources for it. Why not put the effort into course. it?
1: Yeah, I know. And, and then exactly what you were saying before about Adam Cole's new shirt, the Super Click shirt, but uh, him, him and the Young Bucks, he debuted it. And I don't know. I just feel like like you're leaving money on the table. That, yep. That's like the main thing here, and that's what boggles my mind too. It's that you know if you're AEW, you debut the shirt. I don't know, like, if you throw it up at the merchandise stand, I guarantee you that shit sells out. Like I, like, I guarantee it. Like, you're literally leaving money on the table. Like, people love merchandise. Dude, I am a sucker for this shit. I literally walked in there, and I said before, like, I, I made my friend buy the, the Daniel Bryan shirt for me, or Brian Danison. Yep. And afterwards, when I was going to get another shirt for my friend, I ended up buying the AEW Subway shirt that I probably didn't need but I am just a sucker for this type of stuff. I get it. And, you know, I just, I would have loved to buy the Super Quick shirt, and I would have loved to buy some sort of Grand Slam commemorative shirt to, you know, remember the event. But, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully they get better with that in the future. But, yeah, that's, that, that's more of an AEW problem. Right. Uh, as opposed to, like, an Arthur Ashe uh, problem. But
0: the, the reason why I tied both of them in is because, like, obviously they're all in the concessions area, right? Right. And I just right. feel like that whole area all around was just a fucking disaster.
1: It it was and it was small too. It got very congested. Um yeah, it's just like I said, it was if they had more staff there working, maybe it could have been a little bit better, but they have to figure out a different way if if this is going to be an annual thing for AEW to run, they have to be better the next time. They, they, there's just no excuse for it.
0: Yeah, I agree 110%. Uh, before we get into Dynamite or whatever, I just want to mention two things real quick. I want to shout out my boy Ricky Shane Page. This dude performed on Dark, and we're not going to cover Dark at all. But like, what I do want to say is like, this guy performed... Probably in the biggest audience he ever performed, and obviously it was a, a handicap match against Big Show. Who gives a shit? But just the fact that he got to—he can't say that he performed at Arthur Ashe Stadium, probably at the biggest, largest capacity ever in his career. That just says a lot for like all the years that he's been like grinding and taking bumps and being in all these death matches. So I'm happy to see a guy like that you know getting the spotlight
1: yeah totally and especially being in the ring with the big show too which that's you know that's that's got to be really cool for him too and yeah i mean like like you said like just uh yeah it wasn't i'm televised it's going to be on youtube or whatever but yeah i mean everybody was in their seat everybody was there so like you're still performing uh, like on the pre-show of like you know a major major event so it's got to feel good for him and uh you know it's just always cool to see this type of stuff you know like 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 i've said I think I've said this plenty of times in the past. Like the one of the best things about being a wrestling fan is following these guys on the independents yep. and seeing seeing their journey to get to to the big stage. You know, and of course, Ricky Shane Page is not signed yet, but like it's it's still pretty damn cool right. to, to see him get rewarded for all the hard work and the sacrifices he put in to be performing in front of a crowd like this. So, uh, I mean, hey, I was on the line to get food and I mm-hmm. saw him on the TV and I was marking out a little bit for yeah. him because. Like I said, it's hard not to.
0: Yeah, and speaking of uh, um, getting to Prime and, like, so many heights in their career and sacrifice, I also want to mention Thunder Rosa, because she got such a loud pop. And she was only on Dark or whatever, right? And I just, man, her energy, just seeing the crowd's excitement when... just to see her come out or whatever and I think this is the first time I ever got to no actually I think i seen her at a at a shine show many many years ago but this is probably like the second time I've seen her like in AW obviously and just to see like the the crowd reaction for her or whatever and her so fucking happy and I don't know if you got to uh, see this or whatever but like her attire which she was wearing it was very uh, selena inspired selena um the mexican singer uh back in the 90s or whatever you know they made a movie out of her um jennifer lopez played selena that's pretty much where they blew up that was the tire she was wearing it was very inspired by selena so like as a latino i'm like oh that's pretty cool whatever i was so happy to see thunder rosa live she's fucking amazing and i'm telling you some somewhere down the line i'm almost sure that we're gonna get this brit baker thunder rosa a uh, story revisited and who knows maybe it's thunder rosa that you know kind of like uh takes the crown away from her whenever that time is. But, uh, I'm just so happy for Thunder Rosa that she's at this point of her career.
1: Oh, me too. Like she's another one too, that probably has never really performed in front of a massive crowd like this, which is kind of hard to believe. I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong on that, but, um, maybe if she did, it, it hasn't been many, many times. I mean, she, she's definitely been around the world, but, um, you know, I mean, to perform in front of a, a huge crowd like this had to feel good. And like you said, her energy, you could just feel it yep. when she comes out and she's, she's in the ring uh, she's literally one of my favorites like if i have to pick uh like top two female wrestlers that are like my favorites it, yeah. it's gotta be sasha banks and thunder rosa like those two uh, are just awesome and yeah i i think it's all roads are leading to that eventual rematch between her and Britt. and i feel like you know that that could possibly be a time where you know thunder rosa Wins the belt, but who knows when that's going to happen? Right. not until next year. But yeah, I mean, it's great to see her. Like you said, it's it's always great to see her, even though I missed it because uh, again, I was waiting online. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, she she's just awesome.
0: Yeah, she's amazing. I thought I love Thunder Rosa. She'll be at the big event, so hopefully, I'll get to you know chop it up with her. Um, yeah. In, in a couple weeks, all right, dude. Let's get into the actual show, Dynamite Grand Slam, dude. The second they hit the Dynamite music. And so where I was sitting at, uh, I wasn't sitting too far away from you. So, like, I think I was, like, a couple rows behind you um, oh, yeah. and the section right next to you guys. So um, the second the Dynamite music hit or whatever and, like, they dimmed the lights a little bit and, you, you know, you could kind of see, like, that big screen-type gimmick, like, above us or whatever. So I was watching, like, the video package or whatever and you just hear the roar of the crowd already. And the second they started with the pyre with the or whatever, like, that crowd felt so electric like not even to wwe shows that i've been to the past that that been great or whatever not even a takeover it's just the the whole show in its entirety like i've, I've never f- had a feeling like that not even at a wrestlemania i just feel like something about wednesday show just felt different the excitement or whatever like this is one of the very few shows that i can honestly say that throughout parts of the night Everyone was standing up, like it kind of felt like a rock concert in many ways. But dynamite music hits, or whatever the pyres going off or whatever, everybody's going nuts, chanting AEW, and you hear da- Brian Danielson's music, and I'm like, holy shit, they're gonna start the show with the match. Brian got a huge fucking pop. He wasn't doing like the yes um, poses, but everybody was doing the yes chant or whatever. One of my favorite things about uh, seeing Brian back, like in wrestling gear. Was he went back to the Burgundy? Like, that was my biggest issue with Daniel Bryan in his last, like, I guess, like, year or two in WWE. Even though he was performing amazingly, right? But I hated that he switched his trunks to, like, different colors. I'm like, no, go back to the Burgundy. Go back to the Burgundy. We all love you because of the Burgundy trunks. But I'm happy that he brought that back or whatever. And then out comes Kenny Omega Obviously, he's a heel, but he still got an amazing pop, too. And then during the match, he was getting booed. You know, I'm, I'm going to get, obviously, your thoughts on this match. But, dude, this match was perfect. I, I told you, like, later on in the night when I got to see you. United. Obviously, I told other people, too. Brian Omega, you could tell they held back. But still, it was a Tokyo Dome-level match. That's how great this match was. I added this match already in, in my list of matches that we got to break down at the end of the year. This match was just phenomenal. It was hard hitting. It was stiff. You saw Brian Brian Daniels's chest that it looked like hamburger meat. Brian was taking bumps that made you like, "Oh my god, no!" I love this match so much, and I was okay that it ended with a, with a draw. I think that was the best outcome—not getting like a, a clear cut winner and just ending it in a draw. And whenever the time is right, we revisit this match, whether. It ends up being like an Iron Man match or like a two out of three falls match, whatever it is. Or it just ends up being, I don't know, maybe like a title match. and ends up being like a 60-minute draw on Broadway. And then we lead to another third match. Who knows? After what I saw Wednesday night, I don't think I could, I will ever get tired of seeing these two. It's kind of similar to like Moxie and Omega, even though they kind of like, you know, they, there was a mishap uh, to end their feud. But like even with like Moxie and Omega, I never got tired of seeing them wrestle. I could say the same thing about Brian and Omega as well. After what we watched Wednesday, dude, I could see them wrestle forever, literally, and I don't think they will they'll be a dull moment. This match was just fucking amazing, bro, but let me just get your thoughts on the entrances, just to start a dynamite, and about this match.
1: Yeah, I mean, just unbelievable. Like, when those two came out, and they were standing in the ring, and, you know, uh, the bell rings, and they just stand there, they're staring down each other, and the just the crowd is going ape shit bro like everybody's going nuts they walk slowly to each other looking each other in the eyes facing off and i'm i'd I'm, like took a video of it too and like each time i watch that back it's just like holy shit like the fans are just going nuts uh when they finally do lock up they're going nuts uh i mean it, dude you could tell like people were into this and going back to what you said before it's like i'm the same way bro i've been to Countless WrestleManias. I've been to a bunch of big shows. I had. I was just at All Out. Yeah. But this, this show, this atmosphere was just different, yo. Like it. Like I just had insane goosebumps throughout the whole, like the entrances between you know Brian and Kenny, and then like you said, the facing off in the ring before they even really get the match started. Just insane goosebumps. I can't remember like a time or a match. Um, that I've seen live that had that same, that I've had that same feeling for, like, it was just indescribable and the match itself, like you said, flawless. I mean, a a damn near perfect match, if I'm being honest. I mean, really, like, it's a match that I'm going to go back and watch a bunch of times. I already watched it back twice. I did too. I did too
0: yesterday. I did too yesterday. I watched the match twice. That's how good the match is.
1: It's just, yeah, it's one of my favorite matches ever, um... And like I said, I've seen a lot of great matches live in person, too. I've, I've gotten very lucky to see so many great, uh, memorable matches that, like, you know, I, I could definitely make a top five or top ten of, of, like, my favorite matches I've ever seen live. And this one is very, very high on the list for sure. I didn't mind the the time limit uh, draw. I kind of expected that, if we're being honest here. Like, people ask me throughout the day, like, who do you think is going to win? Who do you think's going to win? I kind of had a feeling it was going to go down this way just because neither guy could afford to lose. It continues the feud. And it's just two of the best wrestlers in the world today yep. going at it for 30 minutes where no winner, uh, neither guy hit their finisher, which, of course, you know, they're leaving stuff on the table because yep. they're going to be an eventual rematch. Um, but, man, how quickly did these 30 minutes fly by? Yeah. Like, they, like this, like nothing dragged. Uh, it wasn't slow. I mean, yeah, it was slow at certain parts, but um, for the most part, man, this absolutely flew by. Like, it was like, holy crap, it's 30 minutes already? I could literally watch 30 more minutes. That's how good it was. And when you watch a match and it flies by like that and it goes to a 30-minute draw and you want to see more, I mean, that that just goes to show how good those two guys are in there. And like I said, never really had any doubt that the chemistry was there. And it's just like, man, so freaking cool to see Brian Danielson. Back to to wrestling, the Brian Danielson style that we have not seen in a yep. long, long time. Um, he was fired up, like you said, his chest was freaking. Oh my god, Hammer that me. Shit must have hurt so bad. Yep. Like he, and immediately too, his chest always gets red in these types of matches. Um, and man, obviously, what more can you say about Kenny Omega? He's Ugh. just, I mean, it, it, it's. I've run out of things to say. It's almost as if, like, I was praising Brian throughout the whole entire thing, like almost like disregarding Kenny, but right. like it's for good reason. It's just because I i already like it's not surprising anymore. Right. Like you just you know this is Kenny Omega's gonna deliver. He's gonna show up. Um just just a flawless match, bro. Like and a lot of people were like concerned about them starting the show off with this, but I think it was perfect. I really don't think you could have started off with anything hotter and like I said, like they needed the time to go thirty minutes and then for the people watching on TV uh usually there's no commercial breaks in the first match on dynamite, but I think there was one It was picture to the picture.
0: Car. Picture to picture.
1: Yeah, and that was after Kenny hit the V trigger. Oh my running, running god. Yeah, and it gave you know Brian was selling it throughout basically the whole commercial break. Um but yeah, holy shit man. That, <laughs> that's what I gotta say.
0: That's super V trigger and that's what I'm dubbing it, the super V trigger where he just far like just starts running and just just goes full force. Jesus Christ the impact and then just brian selling it it's like oh my god his neck and you even if you go back and watch that you see people in the crowd and putting their their hands over their eyes and they're like oh my god no um there's actually a lot of spots where uh, where brian was taking some bumps and they're like fuck man but as much as we praise kenny omega and you know like the best wrestler in the world but at the same time with brian it's like dude this guy didn't miss a beat, and he hasn't wrestled, like, in almost six months, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
1: I know. He, I think his last match was against Roman. Right. I think that was back in April or May of, of this year. So, yeah, I mean, so, people tend to forget he has not wrestled in so, that long. So again. look
0: at that, too, well, You know, which you can make the argument. His last match prior to this one and then his first, first match coming back is literally wrestler 1A and 1B. Like, oh, how dude, nuts oh is God. that? How nuts is that?
1: Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. Was that AJ Styles match that he had on Smack? Oh no, that couldn't have. F- or was that earlier this year or was that the tail end of last year?
0: That was the tail end of last year. I must. I must okay, because I
1: was gonna say. I mean, even though without that, I was gonna say. Right. What a year this guy's had. I mean, he has not wrestled many matches, but holy shit. I mean, let, uh, let's. The WrestleMania main event against mm-hmm. Edge and Roman, then that match against Roman on SmackDown. I'm sure there was others that I'm forgetting, but those these are the, like right. the more memorable ones. And then this match against Kenny Omega, and then who knows what he's going to do at Full Gear and and for the rest of this year. So I mean, like I said, hasn't wrestled the full you know uh, calendar year, but man, oh man, like he's having one hell of a year, uh, you know, for, for wrestling wise. Yeah, I know. You know,
0: I know. Um, so like. And we'll and we'll talk about this when when we start breaking it down. You know, when it comes to like wrestlers of the year, you know, like matches of the year, events of the year, etc. You know, it's it's kind of tough when you when you're like trying to look at a wrestler that kind of either got injured or like was like out for whatever reason, and then you're trying to figure out a spot for them. But like, just like the level of Brian's performance, like you can make the argument, like I think he he deserves like a spot in the top ten list of of this year because it's just the impact that he's doing. He literally wrestled in one year. Wrestler 1A and 1B. How nuts yeah. is that?
1: I mean, dude, it's incredible. I mean, what, you usually when you see people like jump ship like this, it's like, okay, well, yeah, they were in WWE a like, while ago or, right. or whatever, Like, and then they went somewhere else. But, like, literally, this guy, it wasn't even six months ago that he's wrestling in WWE ring. And not to mention, literally main eventing yes. the second night of WrestleMania. Yes. And then, you know, now, a couple months later, I mean, who, who knew at that time? <laughs> Who would have thought? I mean, I, obviously, he didn't even know at that time. Who would have thought that, you know, he would be uh, not main eventing with Kenny Omega, but you know what I mean, like in a big match with Kenny Omega at another stadium show for the competition? Yeah. Like, it's just
0: crazy. Yeah, dude. Um, Going back to what I said before, this match had Tokyo Dome levels of greatness. Like, that. that's, that's like the... The best way I could praise this match, if you guys are living under a rock, whoever's listening to the show uh, today or whenever you guys are listening to the episode, go back and watch this match if you have not watched it. But I'm almost positive most, if not majority of friends of the show or the Peckerheads or, or whoever listens to this podcast have watched the match because the match was just fucking amazing. I, I love the match so much and I'm, I'm sure and I'm positive. That it's gonna make our list of ten matches of the year.
1: Oh, for sure, dude! Uh, absolutely, hundred percent.
0: All right, let's uh let's continue talking about uh uh dynamite. So it was gonna be very hard to follow up uh this match because this is this how great this match was and just excitement levels or whatever. But what what's good about AEW, even though whatever they followed up with maybe is not as great, it's kind of like I right, let's kind of like get the the fans back. Like, you know, like, to relax or whatever, but still enjoy what we're watching or whatever. And the next match was, like, it was what it was. It was MJF versus uh, Brian Pillman Jr. MJF got a very strong heel reaction. Everybody, you know, just booing them or whatever. And then Brian Pillman got a nice little pop. The only thing, my and it's not even a nitpick. It's more like they should have done this. And I think they, they didn't do this because of timer frames or whatever, restrictions or whatever. Because, listen, they started off the show with a 30-minute banger, right? Is yeah. I wish since we were in, since they were in New York, MJF would have just cut a promo, even if it would have been like yeah. for a minute, just talking smack to the New York audience. That I would have loved to see that and just be there live for it. But it is what it is. The match was what it was, but I enjoyed it for what uh for what we got to see.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that was a lot of people's complaints about you know MJF not cutting a promo after basically talking smack on Twitter about how Queen sucks and he's from Long Island, things like that. I would have loved to you know hear him go off on the crowd it's so funny too uh one quick thing about MJF, his parents were right over by oh sure yes you saw that right
0: yes i took a picture of of mjf's mom and i even tagged him. like this is surreal i forgot exactly what i put but <laughs> his own parents were burying them that's great <laughs> i mean
1: dude yeah i mean uh, uh, parents of the year parents of the century i mean yeah. that, that is just awesome like it just shows that they get it you know yeah. like it's so freaking cool uh his dad was wearing an i hate mjf shirt <laughs> uh, yeah it was just so cool and you know his mom um you know standing up like in like the front row like not really blocking anybody but the whole match like you could just tell like i'm watching your facials as like you know mjf's in there and right just, it's really just cool to observe you know it's just cool to right see, um because you don't know, you get to see that every day uh but even before that too i want to mention cm punk had one hell of a promo oh yes yes he definitely did and he put over the the match really in a big way. He's like, "How do you follow that?" And I think people were saying too. And he even posted on his Instagram story that he was watching, like off to the side. He was he was watching. He I guess needed to come outside of the curtain just to see what how, like the atmosphere of, of that match. And that's got to pump him up too, because obviously he's going to face Daniel Bryan eventually at some point. Right. I'm sorry, I keep calling him Daniel Bryan. It's just Brian, a habit. Danny, I know. <laughs> um,
0: Not just Brian, but also uh, Kenny Omega too.
1: Right, he's gonna face Kenny Omega at some point too, and it's gonna be a big time match like this. So that's gotta excite <clears> the hell out of him. So that was a great promo from him. Um, the MJF Pillman match was was good for what it was. I'll be honest, it was more of like a breather for me. Like I right. was literally like too. on my phone just seeing what people were saying about um the omega match still and just like uploading pictures things like that so i wasn't like too invested into it right but a great spotlight for brian pillman jr to perform in in front of that type of crowd he was massively over of course being in the ring with mjf yeah mjf gets the win um via submission which wasn't a surprise but yeah one complaint i did have was i would love to have seen mjf just say one thing on the microphone you know just to to get that heat on him and i think it would have been hilarious
0: Yeah, I totally for not that I forgot about the CM Punk promo prior to this match, but like since we saw him wrestle on Rampage later on, I was gonna tie in both of them. But since we're on topic of CM Punk, how happy is CM Punk? I've never seen him this happy before. Every time he comes out or whatever, and New York gave him one hell of a pop as expected or whatever. And one thing I want to talk about his promo is he definitely threw a little nugget out there. Is that. At some point, we're gonna see heel CM Punk, which is sometimes the best punk. So I did like that he acknowledged kind of like the 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 criticism towards CM Punk so far. But listen, guys, it's like we gotta be patient here. He just came back, all right. We're not gonna get like um piece of shit heel CM Punk scumbag CM Punk yet. Like, can we let this settle in first, and then eventually, when the story is right, we'll get that heel CM Punk.
1: Right. I mean, everybody's just so happy to see him back. So nobody's gonna boo him right out of the gate yet. So it just makes no sense to turn them so quickly. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if you noticed this, too, since we were in, like, the same, like, section. And I don't know. Maybe it was probably better, like, all the way up in, in the top of the noise booth section. But when you're right down low, just the noise, like, basically, like, it's like a funnel, right? Right. So, like, what I mean by that is, like, when guys go on the microphone, sometimes it's hard to hear what they're yes. saying. Uh, yes. Yes, I that? got this. Yeah, I yeah. got that, so, too. You know, because I watched it back on TV. So, when CM Punk, it, the first thing he said was, like, how do you follow that? Uh-huh. And literally, like, nobody sounded like they reacted to it. <clears throat> and then he said it, like, you could tell him by his face. And then he, he said it again. Seriously, guys, how do you follow that? And even still, there wasn't, like, that much of a of a crowd roar or a pop for that. And I feel like it's because not a lot of people could hear it. Yeah, yes, Because yeah. they were so loud. So I, I thought that was funny, too, that I wanted to point out. It's, it's so weird. It's like when you're at these shows, like I said, sometimes it's hard to hear on the microphone. Even, even post-match, uh, post-show, when... Um, Eddie Kiss yeah. on the microphone just yep. cutting a promo in New York and I just felt like I couldn't hear all of it. Um but yeah, I just wanted to add
0: that in. Yeah, and I think it also depends too, like, on how um like factors in of like the arena or like the stadium, if you will. Like if it's an open stadium, if it's like a yeah. closed stadium, how the the stadium or the arena is kinda of like shaped in a way. like I said, like the best way I would describe like Arth- Arthur Arthur Ash Stadium is it kind of feels like an upside down pyramid. Like that's the yep. vibe, like I got or whatever. So I also feel like Depending on how the venue looks and it's like kind of built, I think that plays a part as well. But yeah, I got those same vibe. I got that same essence too, where I could barely hear CM Punk, and just like you said, Eddie Kingston at the end of the show, I could barely hear him too.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it's. It, I mean, you know, that's the one downside, I guess, of like being there. It's that sometimes you can't hear and see everything that you would on TV. Right. Um. But you know, it, it's it's not a big deal. But no, um, it was
0: still a fucking great show. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. Dude, the pop that Malachi Black got, wow, bro. I just look at this guy or whatever. And we can say that about a lot of people that are now in AEW. I look at this guy and I'm like, WWE, you get the biggest congratulations you played yourself. How the fuck do you let this guy fucking go? And don't get me wrong. I think we're all happy as a fan base because we're seeing Malachi Black getting spotlighted how he should. And he's in these big time matches and and just the little time that he's in. Dude. He's a fucking star, man. You know, for a guy that is, you know, he's a dark figure, right? But he has this connection with the audience. Like, the audience just gravitates to this guy, even though he's like this dark figure. Similar kind of like to Undertaker, right? Like, even though he's like a dark, mysterious personality or whatever, the audience just gravitates to this guy. And I don't even think this guy's a heel anymore. If anything, he's more of a tweener. I mean, yeah,
1: I, I don't think, I mean, well especially yeah, yeah, <laughs> <like> Cody, <laughs> he's a massive. And, and we definitely but, gotta
0: and we definitely gotta address the elephant in the room with Cody, and yeah. I guess like, I won't even call it backlash, but like just how people are very vocal about him. But let's let's just cover this first before we get into that, though.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, when, when the lights go out and you know you can see Malachi coming onto the ramp and sitting down, I mean, you know, his music, just everything is just so freaking like. It's hard not to, like, get goosebumps during his entrance. Like, it's just so cool. Um, and I'm sure this is, like, the first time a lot of people are seeing him wrestle He's right. joining AEW. And, um, yeah, massive, massive pop. He was very over. And it's just always just so cool to see him. Like you, said, Ian, like you said, how does WWE let this guy go? I don't know. I mean, how do they let half these guys go? Right. Um, you know, this dude dude is just a massive star, but he's right where he belongs. And yep. he looks right at home. And, uh, and yeah. It's it's always sick seeing
0: him. I enjoy the match a lot. Oh, so so prior um, to the match getting started, Cody comes out, or whatever. And the funny thing about the the Cody Rhodes thing, so I you know we we all noticed like he's been getting kind of mixed reactions, right? The last couple of weeks since he, he made his return or whatever. And even when he first started with this feud with Malachi Black or whatever, when Malachi Black made his debut, you know everybody was for the most part rooting for Malachi Black, Tommy and. So during Cody's entrance, he got a pretty good pop. He didn't get booed or anything. He got a good pop. And then they introduced Brandy. Brandy makes her return whatever. Brandy looks in great shape or whatever just for being, I think, uh, what was it, like four months ago that she had the baby? So she looks amazing, good for her or whatever. But one thing I did notice was Brandy came from the other side of the tunnel, the heel side, not the face side uh-huh. with uh, Cody and Arn. So I'm like, okay. That's an interesting little nugget. So whatever they came out, and I think while listen, I like Brandy Rhodes or whatever for like the I guess like the naysayers and the people that are kind of like over the whole Cody Rhodes like um, person personality, if you will, like gimmick, however yeah. you want to word it. I think the second Brandy came out, I'm I'm like oh really Brandy? Like I could see people having that type of attitude towards him. So once the match started or whatever, that's when you started. Hearing the audience get very, very vocal. I'm happy Malachi Black did go over, rightfully so. But man, like, yo, I'll say like 90% of the crowd, because I was one of those people that wasn't booing for Cody. I like Cody Rhodes, I think he's a great guy. But I kind of have like mixed feelings about it. A part of me kind of understands why the audience is turning on him, but then the, the other part of me is like, okay. I'm just going to boo this guy, but I'm not going to be... There's some people that are just going very hateful towards him. Like, yo, this is a guy that the reason why AEW is a thing is because of him. Like, he plays a big factor in that. And I just feel like it's kind of hypocritical, too, because it's like, whatever. If you if you think his character is boring or you think he's kind of like super Cena-esque or whatever, or you think he quote-unquote buries people... Like, kind of go back to when he was shooting with MJF. Like, I remember everyone was praising Cody Rhodes so much. Like, look at how much he loves the wrestling business. He's getting fucking lashed on TV, on live television by MJF just for the love of wrestling. And everyone had so much respect for Cody Rhodes. And everybody was... Cody Rhodes was beloved. And I think at one point, like, in 2019, I think you could make the argument, like, he was the face of AEW, right? Like... Everybody, he was just so beloved, and now, maybe because of the direction of the story, maybe because we don't know why he even left the elite to begin with, or whatever, the audience started turning on him, and whatever, if you find him boring, and if you find him, like, ugh, oh, kind of over I I get that. But I just don't like the hateful, like, just, like, attitude towards this guy, because it's like, yo, the reason why we have this product, the reason we got all in it's cause of Cody Rhodes, and I think we need to have a little bit more respect for that. If you want to boo the character, cool, but like that, just I'm not with the whole hateful and just like the hate tweets. I, I I just hate that. I'm I'm not into that, man. And if you if you want to if you want to even criticize me because I'm being judgmental in that aspect, like listen, and especially it's coming from the like if you see the people that are like having like this hateful type comments or tweets or whatever it is towards Cody's, like look at yourself, dude. Like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like. Like, I get it. Like, Cody Rhodes looks like Homelander from the boys. And he's a, he's a you know, he thinks he's a good guy. But in reality, he's a bad guy. But that's his gimmick. Like, I don't know. I just don't like the the, the hate that Cody's getting. I'm not really into that. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. Well, that's kind of where I stand Cody backlash. But I did really enjoy this match for what it was. And I'm happy Malachi Black got the win. Oh, and one last nugget, and I'll let you take it away. Jesus Christ, man. Zelina Vega gets the biggest congratulations because you know what? If she didn't re-sign with the WWE, I could have easily seen Zelina Vega playing a part in, like, the Rosario Dawson stuff that we got a week ago and even making an appearance in this, like, kind of like to battle with brandy i think that visually i think that would have been amazing even if it wasn't like on some full-time type shit i could see her like like you know coming from the crowd or whatever and attacking brandy I'm like oh my god that's the Trinidad. that's um malachi's um black's wife or whatever like i could see something like that even if it wasn't like a full-time thing but you know she gets a congratulations for that um, uh, unfortunately but uh dude take it away man because i've just been rambling this whole time no
1: hey go for it man it's it's there's a lot to talk about um, yeah, so I thought this match was good, too. I was into it. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought they worked well together. It was cool to see them actual, actually wrestle instead of, like, you know, that squash match that we got right. a couple of months ago. And, um, yeah, man, the, uh, the anti-Cody crowd, it's just, I'm, I'm not into it. I, I just don't, like, like kind of like what you said. And we talked about this last week. It's like I understand it, sort of, kind of, a little bit. But at the same time, it's just, like, I feel like a lot of people need to pull back a little bit. Yep. Now, I wasn't rooting for Cody at all in this batch, okay? I do not want to see him go over somebody like Malachi Black. Um, yeah, I don't really think he should be going over a lot of these people, and that's kind of, like, what the, what the problem is with, with Cody. Um, it's just that, like, you know, every time he feuds with somebody or he wrestles somebody, just like a, a Darby Allen or a Jungle Boy, or I just feel like I don't want him to go over. So I, I'll i be honest. I. Think probably going back to the agogo match, but it was probably the last time I really rooted for Cody to win a match, uh, just because I really was not into the a go-go thing at all. I just don't really understand it. Um, but there hasn't really been a feud that Cody's been involved with where I'm like, wow, like let's go, Cody, like where that I'm into. And like this Malachi Black feud, I I've been into it, even though like it's just been a little weird because. Had the squash, he went away. Right, doesn't even make this triumphant return. They just announce his return, and then he comes out of the crowd. I just thought it was a little weird. Um, And I don't know if he's getting hate because of him not putting over people, even though, like we've mentioned, he does put over people. Or the fact that, like, his entrance is this glorious entrance, like with the with the music, the lights, and and the fireworks. Or if it's because he's turned to Hollywood, and he's got his reality show now coming out, and he's got uh, the Go Big show, and he hasn't been around, and he's filming it, and this and that. I don't really know it, like which, like, what thing really pissed off these people that are booing him. But, like you said, without him, AEW wouldn't have been possible. All In would have never happened. If he didn't leave WWE and bet on himself, do you think the Young Bucks would have done this on their own with Kenny Omega? I don't know. Maybe. But Cody is a huge, huge part of all this happening. Yep. The guy the guy's never gonna go for the company's world title, okay? He put that stipulation out there really early and he's sticking by it, okay? And I believe him hundred percent. I don't think he's ever gonna go back on that stipulation. And his reasoning behind it was was it had something to do with Dusty, never wanted to go for the world title back in the day either, and you know, it's his promotion and things like that. So the whole thing makes complete sense, and that's very you know, selfless of him, like, not, not going for the world title, even though I didn't necessarily agree with him, and I still don't, I still would have loved to see him become the world champion, but that would have that would have turned people on him completely, if, if this happened. Um, yeah, man, I, I just, like I said, I don't get it. He, he literally gave so many opportunities to guys like Jungle Boy, Darby Allin, uh, Ricky Starks, Eddie Kingston, when he was on his TNT Open Challenge yep. thing. I mean, my god, like, it, the the fact that people hate this guy, like I said, I just don't understand it. And again, I'll say I was not rooting for him on Wednesday. I was not rooting for him to go over black the last time either because I'm a big Malachi black guy. Yep. But I mean, man, like I appreciate Cody Rhodes. Like I'm not going to sit here and boo him and, and chant Cody sucks and all this shit. And it's kind of sad because you could see in his eyes too, like during his entrance when he gets in the ring, like, and you know, fans are booing him afterwards and he's, you know, he's looking around, like you can just tell it's hurting him on the inside. And he says that he'll never turn heel. Um, he said that recently in an interview. I don't know if you heard that. Um, obviously, that could change, but I feel like he feels like, with the reality show coming out, and like I said, he's featured on the Go Big show, it's kind of weird if he's playing a heel character on a wrestling show and then he's like this massive like star and baby face on all these other like programs so like maybe that's why he doesn't want to go heel um but i think eventually it's gonna have to happen and i'm sure tony and him are very aware that like you're just gonna have to embrace this hate it's yep. really the only way to get over it you know if you embrace it and maybe he joins back with the elite like we mentioned in last week's show yep. you know that you know he'll embrace it and then maybe he'll get cheered eventually too uh because of that so i just feel like that's got to happen eventually cuz it really is sad to see you know him get booed like this like you said it, it's just not really fair you yeah. know it's not warranted and ugh, you know it's just a damn shame like i said he has not been a, pro- a prominent part of AEW television in a long time he has not been in a real big top feud in a long time uh, at the top of the card, he's almost like forgotten about at this point. All right, he is not on any of the promotional things. I mean, I'm looking right now at my All Out poster that I got at, at All Out a couple weeks ago. He wasn't he's even at All out. out. He's not even on that. He wasn't on the All Out at all. Just like not even doing a meet and greet that weekend. Not part of. Not not part of the weekend at all. So it's just like I just don't understand.
0: I, I think it'll be a huge mistake him not ever turning heel because uh, you can make the argument when he was a heel, especially after they left up the B and he was doing all the stuff with Ring of Honor, or whatever, it was some of his best work, you know? You know, with like the Kiss the Ring stuff and the, the legit the Ring of Honor, you know, like I, it was some of the best yeah. stuff, the stuff that he was doing with the Elite and the Bullet Club. And you know, we, we kinda got a little bit of a uh a, a point in the match with uh against Malachi where, you know, Cody got an orange face and I think I believe he pushed him or, or something down the lines. There was like a little a little uh interaction there, so who knows, man? Um, kind of what you said, you know, embrace the hate. I think we we should get a, a heel Cody because I think that's some of the best Cody work that we we got in the past when Cody's a like full fledged heel. And you know, with the Elite, you know, they're they're growing. Obviously, they you know, Adam Cole made his return or whatever. And hey, you know, when when they were all in the Bullet Club together, when Adam Cole was still in the Bullet Club back in the day, I can't believe I'm saying back in the day like you know it's 2016, but it has been a couple of years already. Like. You know Cody was there so there's that Cody connection as well and you know if you're going full heel and if Brandy's going heel with him why not rejoin the elite we never got the the kind of like the reasoning behind he left the elite you know it's just like oh there's a nightmare factory the nightmare uh, family and you know I'm kind of focusing on my own thing so at this point turn on the nightmare family and you know rejoin your your, your brothers in the elite why not i think it would work
1: yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like eventually it's got to, you know, it's got to happen that way. Uh, maybe after, you know, the the reality show is over or, you know, I'm sure there'll be plenty of seasons of that. But maybe after the Go Big Show thing, I don't know when that's airing. I don't really pay attention to anything like that outside of wrestling. I will check out the the Roads to the Top show this, this Wednesday. I think it's after Dynamite because it looks pretty good. But I'm not, you know, I'm not watching the Go Big Show for Cody Rhodes. Like, I just don't care about any of that crap. Uh, but maybe after all that settles and, and he goes back to being, you know, shown on TV more, you know, maybe we will get something like that. But I think right now he's just kind of in and out. He's almost part time at this point. Right. You know, it's like uh, I know he's wrestling this Wednesday on Dynamite in the tag match. Um, but who knows? Let's see if he's there every week and, and continues to wrestle uh, more frequently than he's been. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what the future holds, but I do know that I would love to see him go heel and embrace the hate because it's like I said, I just I don't. I don't know how many more times he could come out being portrayed as babyface and just right. getting booed out of the building. You know, like it just—it's not like WWE where they're just going to ignore that. Like Tony and him are very aware of like you know how wrestling works, so
0: I'm sure they're, they're going to pull the trigger on something. Uh, who who's he involved in this tag match for this upcoming Dynamite? I think he's teaming with Dante Martin.
1: Uh, forget who he's facing. It's a very random. Uh, thrown together tag match. Well, who knows? Um, maybe, maybe he gets aggr- get up right now
0: maybe he gets aggressive in the match, and he kind of just you know we see a little bit more seats planted for an eventual full heel turn.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, you know, I mean, there's there's got to be a reason that this match is happening out of nowhere. I'm I'm almost positive that it's just to um, it's just, it's just to like promote. Like he's got to be on the show because obviously he's reality shows later that night. So I'm I'm sure they're gonna do a ton of promotion on right. that. Um, So the match is actually Dante Martin and Matt Seidel against Cody and Lee Johnson, a tag match. Oh, yeah.
0: He's doing something uh, dastardly in this match, especially because you know where they're going to be at. They're going to be in Philadelphia. So you know that crowd's going to boo him.
1: Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So So maybe uh, we'll get more
0: seeds planted on an eventual full heel turn. And you know what? I think this is the direction Cody needs to go into. I think you had just mentioned right now that he said in an interview that he wouldn't turn heel, and you kind of just threw it out there maybe it's the reason. Because, you know, he's involved with, like, the Go Big show and obviously this reality show. But you know what? It's worked for The Miz, so why not? I think Cody should do it.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. That's a really good point. I don't know. Maybe they're not – they're just thinking differently. Right. Um, But, yeah, no, I mean, you're 100% right on that. So. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But I would love to, I would love to see the seeds planted um, You know, for an eventual
0: heel turn. I think that'd be perfect. All right, dude, let's move on. Sting and Darby Allin versus FTR. Bro, Sting at 62. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's how old he is. Bro, I, it's unbelievable how Sting at 62, so far in his little AEW run that's been, I think it's about to be a year in November, if I'm not mistaken, has surpassed every single thing he did in WWE. Every single thing and has mattered more. Oh yeah, he I'll looks leave. fucking great. Like just to see a guy at sixty-two having that type of cardio and still taking bumps or whatever. And obviously, I know whether it's uh, Darby or the people he's working with. Obviously, they play their part too. But let's give the you know Sting the credit as well. He's also putting in that work, and it's just amazing. You could tell Sting's fucking happy to be there, man.
1: Dude, he is. He could not look any happier, and what a great decision to go to AEW and, you know, thank God Tony Khan trusted in him to, you know, I, I guess maybe he, he went to Tony and said, listen, like, I can still go. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of risk involved because a right. guy that old and, you know, for uh, the way, you know, his, we thought his career ended it in that match against Seth Rollins, you know, it's kind of scary to put him back in the ring, but everything they've done, you know, they've protected him really well. He's really only been in tag matches um, and, you like you said, he looks better than ever. I mean, the crowd goes yep. nuts for him. I was so excited to see him wrestle Me because too. I had not seen him wrestle. I think, I mean, I'm sure I've seen him back in the day. Um, I saw him at like the TNA yeah. house show that I used to go to back in the day. It's really the only time I did see him. Yep. Uh, but man, yeah. And you could tell working with FTR helped a lot and you could tell FTR like loved working with him too. Um, it's just great, man. Like it's just so cool. And who would have ever thought, like, this would happen? Like, everybody was, like, shitting all over Tony and AEW for bringing Sting in and potentially putting him back in the ring because of, of the risk involved. And Tony and all of them are just laughing at all these haters because people think that they know better than, you know, somebody like Tony half the time. And it's just like, like, imagine he just did not take that chance and, you know, just brought Sting in to just be a manager or a backstage role. Like, he'd be missing out on, on, on so many – fun moments uh, involving Sting. Who, know, who knows how much longer he's going to keep doing this. So, uh, yeah, I was super happy to, to see him get, you know, a huge pop. And it's just so cool, like I said, to see him in the ring. He, gee, he just moves like he's like 30 years old all over again. Right. It's, it's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah. Um, credit to Sting and just everyone at, at AEW for, like you said, just trusting in him and, he can go, and you know, there was some a little bit of criticism on like seeing Sting every single week. But I feel like they finally found like okay, this is how we use Sting um, instead yeah. of him just being kind of like Darby Shadow. I think now they're positioning him better than what they did a couple uh, months ago. But also a couple months ago, we were still like in the pandemic area, so like you know the pandemic was like we weren't having like full crowds. So that also plays a factor too, because when you have a full capacity crowd, you know they're gonna react to Sting no matter what.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. No. I. I it was getting to a point where I'd see him every week. Right. and I wanted him to go away, but now I don't feel that way at all. Like, I just feel like it, it's good. Um, I am curious to see like what the future holds up because how much longer could he be coming out with Darby? How right. you know, much longer are they going to keep being a thing? I just feel like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like I just feel like Darby can't really take off unless like, you know, he dumps Sting. But if that happens, like, I don't know where Sting goes. So, I mean, who knows? I don't know what the future holds. with this, right. But I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the run right now. And, um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's gotten a lot better. His use on TV has it's definitely gotten better.
0: Yeah. Right, main event time when it comes to Dynamite. Not the whole show, but just Dynamite in general. Britt Baker defending that women's championship against Ruby Soho. Listen, I thought this match was good for what it was. I think both of them got a great reaction. Uh, Britt Baker's was it. A bigger reaction than Ruby Solo, but Ruby Solo did have a great reaction, which even during the match, you had, like, the battle, like, Let, let's go big, like, DMD, let's go Ruby, DMD. So you had, like, the doing chance or whatever. The, and this is not even a knock on the match of the women, but there was, like, no way that we were going to end the show with the level of excitement, like dynamite, I mean, like the level of excitement and energy like we started the show. It was impossible because, like I said, Omega and Brian, they just put on, put on like, a flawless performance so it was very hard to kind of keep that level throughout the whole two hours of dynamite but still no knock on ruby and britt i thought the match was good and i think the right person went over and i love ruby but i don't think it's the time yet to for ruby to get that moment and also i don't think it's time for Britt to drop that title yet even with the little shenanigans that we got during the match i thought this match was good i enjoyed it
1: yeah i actually um there was a moment that I thought that possibly Ruby was going to win because I'm like, oh, well, they're main eventing the show with this. Like, maybe they want to end the show on, on a high note. Um, but at the same time, I was like, well, you know, Britt really should not be losing right. this championship right now. And I'm not really sure. I mean, I know Ruby's very over right now, but I don't think that would be a, a good future decision. Um, but, yeah, I thought the match was good. I thought they worked really well together. Um, you know, the crowd was into it, luckily. You know, that's one thing about AEW crowds. It's like, you know, they're not going to – you know, even though, obviously, you know, we already got the main event in the opening year, and the opening segment, you know, people were still invested in this match. Yes. I and mean, if this was WWE, I just feel like people would be, like, chanting all a whole bunch of stupid crap. Right. Or, or maybe, you know, go to the bathroom for it or whatever. But, you know, Britt's very over and Ruby is massively over. So, um, it was very cool to see that. And, like I said, really cool to see Ruby Soho back in there. And, like I said about Danielson before, it's, like, it's really cool to just see them wrestle. Yeah. You know, like. You just—I I can't remember the last time I saw Ruby in a big-time match that I was really excited for. Um, so this was definitely one of them, and um, yeah, Britt retains the title uh, due to some distraction, and you know that's that's basically how the show went off the air. So I thought it was good, and uh, it's really cool to see the women get the, the main event spotlight because realistically, after you know Brian and Omega open the show, I mean the only other championship match right. was that one, so it kind right. of makes sense for that. To main event over like you know any of the other matches, so
0: and the and the reason just to add on to what you said like I you don't remember the last time you saw like Ruby really get like spotlighted and like get like this type of uh, main event spot or whatever it, it's never happened you know why because WWE never saw anything in her for whatever reason I don't know because she looks like an absolute star. But yeah, we never got to see that in WWE, unfortunately. But I'm glad that she's getting it in AEW.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah, so that's that's the one thing I love to see with with these guys and girls coming over to AEW, so they finally get their chance to showcase what they're made of. Because it, you know, but before this, if you ask me if Ruby's a good talent, I'd be like, I like her, but like I don't really know if she's right. that great of a wrestler because right. I haven't really gotten the chance to see it. You know, right? And I'm I don't really didn't follow her on the indies. You know, what six seven
0: years ago, so it's
1: kind of just like. I don't know, but now you get that chance to see for yourself, so that's really
0: cool. All right, so after this, just Roberts got on the mic and was like, "Hey, we're gonna uh, take like a little break or whatever, and you know, we're gonna get started with a Rampage or whatever." Which I, a lot of people ended up going, leaving their seats, going to the bathroom, going. I I made like one last attempt to see if I could get either something to munch on or maybe possibly get something to drink. That did not happen. So I bumped into like two of my buddies. Uh, I think I bumped into you at one point, and then. Yeah. I, Oh, yeah. And then I bumped into uh, two uh, two of my buddies. Shout-outs to X and Yuri. And we I haven't seen them to, since prior to the pandemic. And we got to chop it up real quick. And then headed back to my seats. And they started with Punk and Powerhouse Hobbs. And I was like, holy shit, they're going to just like Dynamite. They're going to start with a big-time match, which I thought was really, really cool to get the crowd. All right, let's get this going or whatever. Low-key, I think... I think Powerhouse Hobbs has, like, such a dope theme. I Like, I like the whole, like, it has, like, a very, like, old-school feel to it or whatever. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs comes out or whatever. You can talk to the crowd, boom, CM Punk comes out. And he brings back, you know, CM Punk trunks. Like, he looked great. He looked like how he looked in the WWE with those trunks or whatever. And I don't know how you felt about this match, but I kind of enjoyed this match a little bit more than I did the Darby one. Not taking anything away from the Darby Allin match. But I don't know, man. I don't know if it was like more of the hard-hitting aspect of this match. I think even at, at one point, I think uh, CM Punk you know, got a little bit of color on his face. I really enjoyed this match, and, and CM Punk gets a, a big win against powerhouse Hobbs. But, you know, Hobbs looked aggressive. He looked great in the match, too. Um, but I enjoyed this match a little bit more than the Darby Allin one from All Out.
1: Yeah, no, I, I could I could agree with that. For the most part, I mean, CM Punk looked way more comfortable already in there. Like, yep, yeah, you know, of course, uh, the Darby match was good. I enjoyed it for what that was. But you could tell, you know, he was a little, like, cautious CM Punk in the beginning. Like, really trying to feel Darby out. and just, just trying to get, you know, his toes wet a little bit. Like, just trying to, like, you know, go through the motions all over again. Which is very understandable. Again, seven years is a long time to be out of the ring. So, that's going to happen in his first match back. But this one, man, like, right out of the get-go, like, immediately bell rings like he just looked fired up he looked like he didn't miss a beat he looked like he didn't hesitate on any of yep. his moves um yeah there was a botch here and there you know with uh the hurricane ron yeah. off, off the rope and and it was hobbs's um, fault he didn't flip yeah or, I, know they, I know some there. people
0: as you know the trolls and the the twitter haters or whatever they they try to blame it on punk but i i feel like punk played his part right. I think it was Hobbs. It was a little miscue, a little mishap. But listen, it happens, all right? It happens to the all-time greats. It ha- it's happened to Shawn Michaels. It's happened to AJ, uh, Brian Danielson, and Omega. It happens. It's no big deal, whatever. Um, And to me, that little spot, while it did look awkward, and I was like, holy shit, I hope Hobbs is okay, Um, it took nothing away from the match.
1: No, no. And, you know, again, Hobbs is a young guy, too. So these things are going to happen. Right. Okay, like, we we kind of forget how young some of these guys are, too. And, you know, obviously they're working with veterans, which is obviously going to help them. But sometimes things go awry. You know, it's just what happens. Um, But like you said, it definitely didn't take away from the match. I I thought it was great. I thought it was a great showcase for Willie Hobbs, man. let me tell you, Punk really put him over in a massive way. Yes, he did. Like, yeah, like Punk won, but, man, he sold the shit. Out of everything Hobbs did, yep. Hobbs looked like a freaking powerhouse. When he reversed that that GTS, yep. I think it was like into a, a spinebuster or a powerbomb. I forget which one it was. Man, like, dude, like, that was crazy. And, man, so quick, too. Um, it, it was really great. And, like I said, this is the exact reason why CM Punk is here. Yep. And it's so cool to see him work with these young guys. And, again, he's not going to lose to them. But in the process, he will put them over. And I think he did that with Hobbs. And I think it's hilarious, too, that Hook on the outside is just so over with the crowd. Yep, yep. Uh, it, it is hilarious. It's like a running joke at this point. And um, I just love Punk and, and Hook's interactions and, yep. and things like that. And you could tell Hook is loving it, too. Um, it, it's Like I said, the whole thing I thought was really perfect. And, yeah, it was a very interesting decision to start off the show like this. But, again, this is... AEW smart with with how they do things. It's like, gosh, start the show off hot. And they did that for Dynamite, and they did that for Rampage.
0: So I thought it was great. You mentioned Hook or whatever, which reminded me. So during that little intermission or whatever, uh, Team Taz came out. It was Hook, Taz, and Ricky Starks or whatever. And I don't know if you noticed this, but Taz came out to his ECW theme, uh, War Machine by Kiss or whatever, and that got a huge pop from the crowd. And it's so funny because – Wrestling fans tend to do this sometimes or whatever. Like when CM Punk was cutting the promo towards um Team Taz or whatever, they were booing Team Taz or whatever. But the second Team Taz came out later on the night, that whole crowd just popped, which I find it funny or whatever, but in, in a good way. But back to this match. Listen, CM Punk elevated Will Hobbs, even though Hobbs took the L. He still elevated. His stock definitely rose because of the CM Punk match. Of course, of course, one hundred percent did. And anybody
1: who who is, thinks differently, you're just really not paying attention that yep. much. And some people watch wrestling different than others. But again, if if you're gonna talk like you're a smart mark, you have to make sure you watch it in in smart mark uh, fashion. And you know, like I said, which is appreciating the fact that you know Will Hobbs got all these you know moves in on on Punk, and Punk sold for him, and he looked dominant in the process. So it's like, yeah. He lost, uh, but again, it it doesn't really hurt Hobbs. Hobbs has lost a lot of, of matches. I, I don't, I think he's, I don't, don't even think he's won a lot of matches. Like he loses almost every big match that he's in, but he's still over. Like he right. said, he's not buried. He's not hurt. He's not hurt as a result of this.
0: Yeah, I agree. Even though, like, even though he has caught L's, if you put him like in a in, like, a, a major match or whatever, it's believable, if that makes any sense. It doesn't, like, or he doesn't is it? lose. He's like, oh, nah he's going to probably catch an L. I'm like, no, you'll be invested in it, Be like, holy shit, he's going to be in this match.
1: I mean, look how many times Darby has lost. Right. You know, right? And he's still massively over, and every single time you see him in the ring, it's like, you know, you don't get that feeling. So it's it's the same thing. Like I said, that's why it's different. How, how WWE does things, and how they bury their talent, and how AEW treats their, their talent. Right. Who don't win all the time either. It's, it's just massively different.
0: So next match, we got the reuniting Super Click versus uh, Jurassic Express, uh, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Christian Cage. Listen, I really enjoy this match. I, you know the feels I got from this match? I got like PWG vibes where it's like a, a crazy six-man tag. You got all these crazy spots. Luchasaurus. Even though he's the one that caught the the, the pin and the L, yeah. they they made him look like and a beast because he had to take like so many different like super kicks and, and Adam Cole's finisher, which I think now he's calling it like the boom kick or like the boom knee or some shit like that. And then he took like a BTE trigger by like the Bucks or whatever. Like he had yeah. to take a lot of finishers for him to finally get put to rest and get the pin. I think he looked like a monster, Christian Cage. Listen, when, when you talk about Christian Cage and Edge this year, I think you can make an argument for both guys who's having a better year because they're both putting out great performances. And Jungle Boy, he's so fucking over. And even with defeat, he still gets spotlighted amazingly. And, and Adam Cole, obviously, you know, we could praise the Young Bucks like always, like we do in every single like AEW show, whether it's like Dynamite or Rampage. But Adam Cole, dude. He looks like such a star with his entrance. He finally got down pack with the boom because he finally said the boom with the actual song. So he's finally getting like the timing right for it. I love this match too. And I can say this about almost every match on this show. But I I did enjoy how Luchasaurus came out looking really, really strong at the end of this match.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just another example of uh, the match was freaking great. I mean, I, I knew this would be awesome. It's so damn cool to see Adam Cole and the Young Bucks teaming up again, man. Like, uh, yep. like dude, I can't tell you how happy that makes me to see, to see these guys back together. And it's just, this is only the beginning, which is crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought everybody kicked ass in this match. Like, this was so awesome. Jungle Boy, of course, flying around the ring like he's freaking, like, uh, it's just, it's unbelievable how young he is. And you very rarely ever see him botch or do anything. Like, all of his moves are so flawless. And he's quick. And it's just he he looks like he's got so much confidence in there, which is great. Um, yeah, Luchasaurus and Adam Cole's interactions were awesome. I, I love how he took the Panama Sunrise. Um, I was a little, like, concerned about how that was going to work, you know, with a big guy like him. I, but, I man, was he, yelling. I was like,
0: no way he's going to hit this. But, yo, it, it was it was hit flawlessly. It was amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, even before that, like, Luchasaurus got a lot of offense in on, on the Bucks and on Adam Cole as yep. well. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I just thought the match was really great, and uh, no shocker there, Adam Cole and the Bucks, the super quick uh, get the victory, and yeah, man, like I said, I, I we're off and running with Adam Cole and AEW, now we got him uh, facing Jungle Boy next week, and
0: that should be a banger the,
1: oh, dude, it's 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 so exciting, man like I said, I just couldn't, yeah, Adam Cole's one of my favorite wrestlers in the world, and it's so awesome to see him right here, uh, and happy and just kicking ass, and
0: like I said, I'm ready for the ride, man. Yeah. Definitely check Talk is Jericho episode with Adam Cole. It's a very yeah. insightful. There's a lot of insight in that episode, so definitely check that out. This is, I'm going to have fun talking about this match. And the match was what it was it was entertaining. The men of the year, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page versus The Inner Circle, Chris Jericho, and Jake Hager. But your boy, somehow, someway, while well, I was at a wedding, I was at a wedding on Friday night, I ended up getting all these notifications on my phone. They're like, dude, we just seen you on TV. One of those people was your brother, Nick. He's like, bro, I think I know this guy or whatever, and I see the video, I'm like, holy shit, everybody's tagging me in these videos, or sending me the videos, and you said there was even some like Twitter mentions as well, apparently yeah, your boy made his AEW debut during the Judas entrance, during um, Jericho and Jake Hager's entrance, and holy shit, I couldn't believe it, man.
1: Yeah, man, I the camera was just in the right place at the right time for you, and it was Yeah, man, it was awesome. Like I said, people are um, tagging uh, our page on on Twitter and saying that they saw you because I didn't watch it live either. And then, you know, Nick showed me it too. And then I saw the clip that you posted. And I was like, man, like, that's so freaking cool. Like, you gotta love how that happens too. Like, you have no clue you're being on camera. Right. And the camera is is, is catching you. It's, that's awesome.
0: It's so fucking nuts, man. And I I guess that kind of like topped off like my whole birthday uh, week, weekend, however you want to call it. I was like, holy shit. And then shout outs to my buddy Scott Rand too. So the night after Dynamite, he sends me a message, and he goes like, yo, you're a GIF now, or a GIF, however you want to call it. I'm like, What? So he sends me this little gif of, of the MLW tape he's in Philly, and it's just me clapping. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm a Jeff now too. So it's really, all over the place. Yeah, I'm, you know, it just happens, you know. And then Nick goes like, he's like, you know why this happens, and you know why everybody's recognizing you? And I'm like, why? He's like, because you're a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are.
1: You are a great guy, man, so that's fine.
0: Hey, listen, man, I, I try, you know, I, I try to be a great guy. What, what can I do, you know? I think my biggest takeaway from this match, I thought the match was enjoyable, Um, nothing too crazy. Uh, Jericho got a big pop. People just love Jericho. Um, And he's also a great guy. But besides this, I think my biggest takeaway from this match was when the match was over, men of the year get this win, which I think they needed this win. They need to be solidified. Like, okay, this is like a legit tag team. What they're doing is legit. So I think getting a win over the Inner Circle, JK, or you know, getting the pin, I don't think it takes anything away from the Inner Circle or Inner Circle doesn't lose any steam or nothing like that. But, man, now you have, uh, what is it, uh, America Top Team or whatever. They show up, and they just beat the shit out of fucking Jericho and Jake Hager, bro. Yeah, man.
1: This So, I, I don't know. I like Scorpio Sky. I like Ethan Page. I just haven't cared about them as a tag team. Right. Um, you know, having Dan Lambert with them is great. I think Dan is awesome. He's uh, amazing. He's, he's, he's a great promo, and he, he loves pro wrestling, and he's into it. And, you know, so I respect that. The American Top Team stuff with him bringing in these MMA guys, I just don't know where it's going. That's right. So He brings in uh, Junior Dos Santos. He brings in Andre Olavsky, uh, Paige Van Zandt, um, her fiancé, which I don't know his name, and then, um, of course, Jorge Masvidal, which oh got a God. huge, huge, huge pop. reaction. Huge pop. I mean, he's, he's one of the biggest MMA stars out there right now. They start beating down Jericho, and even Paige Van Zandt gets gets in throwing some bare knuckles at uh at uh, Jericho's, you know, chest and stomach, because she does the bare-knuckle fighting yep, now, and, you yep. know, you got Dos Santos going at it with him, and Dos Santos looked like he didn't know what the hell to do, he didn't know, he looked like he didn't know how to fake punch. Um, and then, and then the biggest, off with
0: that fucking knee?
1: And, yeah, and then the biggest thing was Masvidal's knee, which, if I was Jericho, I would be scared shitless, because uh, for those people who don't know MMA, man, Jorge Masvidal is known for his knee strikes, and to do this in a choreographed, you know, fake... I hate using the word fake, but, you know, to get the point across, I feel like i got to use it. Produced. In that, in produced. That way,
0: produced. A produced yeah, fight. Yeah,
1: right. in and, that scripted way to do that, uh, you know, that could have been the recipe for for a major a major mess. And I guess Jericho trusted in him, and he hit it. And, you know, obviously nothing too crazy happened, but that got a huge pop. And, you know, they celebrate, and that was it. But I just want to know where it's going. And I, I feel like Tony Khan is smarter than this. To put, like, an MMA guy in a match with, like, Jericho, a guy who has no wrestling experience or whatever like that. I just feel like he's smarter than that. Okay, this is not WWE where where they bring in these celebs and these guys from other sports and they put them in a match, in a marquee match or something like that. I just feel like he's smarter than that. Uh, And I also just don't know how this gets Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page over. And that's my biggest thing. It's like people... Are loving these MMA guys and and yeah they look badass as a unit with Lambert and of course Sky and 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 Paige are just there but like they're kind of in the background like in the shadow of this right so I don't know how it gets them over yeah they won the match but does anybody even remember that they won the match because everything with a post match is what people are going to be remembered and and talking about so I don't know where this is going um, but it was exciting nonetheless
0: yeah yeah you made some very interesting points there. I don't I don't know if they if they would even uh, if Tony Khan would even book like these MMA guys in some sort of like multi man match I, I I don't know and then it, it kind of I'm very curious i like what what kind of deals are these guys on for them to be appearing on AEW and get and now even getting physical because like I remember kind of going back to some WWE stuff like at one point WWE and UFC wouldn't even acknowledge each other. Like, I don't know if you remember that. Until, like, I think Ronda Rousey ended up showing up and they, like, acknowledged Dana White openly. Like, hey, he's in the crowd supporting Ronda Rousey. Like, at one point, they weren't even acknowledging each other. What's the relationship there? Uh, Especially with America Top Team where you have guys not only working UFC, but you have, like, obviously uh, Paige. She's doing, like, the bare knuckle fighting or whatever. And I think if I'm not mistaken, I, I, if, and, and you're more of an MMA guy than I am, I'm more of a casual MMA guy. Like I think, like American Top Team also has fighters in Bellator as well, as well, right? Yeah. yeah, they got they got guys across a
1: bunch of different promotions, right? Uh, you know, and, and it's they're a pretty popular, you know, group. You know, like yeah. they they're they're known, they're very well known. And, I think, you know, if you, you remember, they did some stuff in TNA back back in the day, too. And uh, MLW, and, and MLW. Yeah, right. So he's been around, and that's why he loves wrestling, and now they're coming into AEW to do it. But, you know, I mean, hey, like, he couldn't have brought any any bigger MMA stars with him. I mean, especially Masvidal. That guy's a massive, massive name right. uh, in, in the MMA world. So, like I said, it, it's it's cool, but, I mean, after this, it seems like masvidal versus jericho is what everybody wants to right you know like so like and i I don't want to see that because i just don't like when when mma guys come in here and like i said i just don't need to see masvidal try and 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 fight in a scripted way like i just don't know how that would go over but yeah i don't know it's weird um but nonetheless it was a cool moment the crowd was into it but i just don't know what where this is leading to you know
0: yeah, it's definitely different, definitely strange, but we'll, we'll see what happens. It was definitely an exciting um, visual just seeing all these MMA guys. You just beat the shit out of Jericho and Jake Hager. And also, you know, credit to, to Jericho. He even, I think, I'm almost positive he bladed to sell that fucking yeah. knee too.
1: Yeah, he had to because he was, he was bleeding after that. So unless unless he really connected with the knee strike, which I highly doubt. Cause he was, right. I feel like he would have been bleeding a lot more and, and you'd probably be able to tell. Um, but yeah, yeah, that definitely added to it, which was awesome too.
0: So the next match was the Lucha Brothers and uh, Proud and Powerful Santana Ortiz versus uh, the Hardy Home Office, whatever Hardy Office, whatever. Yeah. I always I always forget what the what the name is HFO I believe a Hardy Family Office. There you go. That's the name of the stable. You had Private Party and the Butcher and the Blade. This this match was what it was. I know you. I I believe you said you went to the concession stand or you yeah. ended up buying something or whatever. This was pretty much a spot show, but also this was more of a moment to see. Proud and Powerful, you know, be home in front of their people just getting fucking the loudest reaction I think they've ever gotten. Uh, And also the Lucha Brothers, you know, Lucha Brothers are very, very fucking popular. And just seeing them in this big time event as well, just getting fucking roar of a fucking pop. And like I said, this match was a spot show. Proud and Powerful and the Lucha Brothers get this, you know, this win. And I think somewhere down the line, we're going to get Proud and Powerful and Lucha Brothers again now in AEW, um, put on a classic because we've seen them have put on classics in AAA and, obviously, Impact Wrestling. So I think sooner than later we're going to get that match.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably where it's headed. I'd like to see um, uh, Proud and Powerful go heel, maybe, turn on the Lucha Bros, something like that. And uh, I feel like that's got to be the next tag team program for sure, probably at full gear. Uh, but, yeah, you know, this match, I figured it was just going to be a spot fest for the most part. Um, you know, out of all the matches, I really didn't, you know, to care too much for this one on Rampage. I mean, it's kind of weird because AEW kind of helped out some of the crowd because I know a lot of the people in the stadium uh, started leaving during Rampage because they either had to catch trains or because it was getting late and they have work the next morning, which I totally understand. So AEW basically helped them out by giving us, you know, CM Punk and Hobbs in the beginning, right, and then followed by the Adam Cole match. Right and then after that, you kind of had yet this match. You got you had a pointless women's match, and then you had um, obviously the lights out, which is you know why. The majority of people did stay. I I guess, like I said, I can't really comment too much on this, but, uh, you know, I saw some of the highlights on on the TV screens as I was walking throughout the concourse area. But, um, yeah, I don't care about the Hardy family office. I'll admit I really just don't care about what, what they're doing right now. But yeah, Lucha Bros and, and Santana and Ortiz, they're great. So I, I, I can't wait for their eventual program.
0: Yeah, you mentioned a pointless women's match. Uh, no disrespect to Penelope Ford or Anna Jay. Uh, I think the the most exciting thing about, if there's any excitement about uh, about this kind of look was the post-match stuff with the Dark Order, like big divide, the great divide between the Dark Order and, you know, they're, they're further telling the story. I mean, if you're following... If you have any interest or whatever, I think eventually it's either going to lead to like either a new leader, maybe just a Dark Order split in general, or the, the, the eventual return of Hangman Page that brings kind of like the Dark Order together, if I had to take a wild guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird what's going on with them right now, and I think it will eventually lead to Hangman Page coming back and reuniting them, but... I just feel like it should lead to like Bray being the leader. Like, like they need a leader. They need, they need somebody to kind of bring the group back together and to, to, you know, kind of just be what Brody is. Like put them in check, like put them in place. And I just feel like hangman obviously is not joining this group. You already made that clear. It's just not going to happen. And, I mean, I don't know, like, it'll be cool to see him come back and, and, you know, help them out or whatever and maybe get them back to where they once were. But I just feel like this is a perfect opportunity for somebody like Bray to come in and take over that leader role. I don't know. They could go either way with it, um, even though I'm leaning more towards it being something involving Hangman Page. But, yeah, I mean, this just continues the story. Uh, You know, like you said, no disrespect to Anna Jay or uh, Penelope Ford. You know, at 1130 at night when we've already been there for several hours at this point, or already like four hours um, <laughs> it's just not a match I really wanted to see. Right. I think everybody was just waiting for Mox and
0: Eddie and then, you know, Suzuki Goon, so. Main event time. We got Eddie Kingston, John Moxley versus Suzuki Gun. The reuniting Suzuki Gun. uh, Lance Archer, Minoru Suzuki. The entrances were great, um, uh, even though the Moxley and Eddie Kingston got cut short because they, it just ended up being a brawl. This match was what it was. You know, there were obviously some weapons, you know, hard hitting, being the shit out of each other, but... The, the, I guess like the biggest, not pop, but like kind of like a, one of the biggest shockers of the night, fucking Homicide shows up and just, you know, kind of helps out Kingston and Moxley, which, man, what a perfect place to get like this big moment for Homicide, you know, I, you know, Homicide didn't wrestle or anything, but, you know, he did get involved in the match and huge pop by that New York crowd of just seeing like Homicide's fucking name on the, on the T on the screen or whatever. And then, you know, Moxley and Kingston did pick up the win. And then, you know, kind of post-match, just seeing Eddie Kingston just get on the mic or whatever and just praising and showing respect to Homicide, which, you know, he, he's a veteran. He's a wrestling veteran, but he's also like, kind of like a New York wrestling legend as well. And, you know, him putting over Moxley and just seeing that that just moment of of them just kind of just hanging out and just, you know, just enjoying the moment, soaking up. You know, soaking all that energy and excitement from the from the crowd, you know, thousands and thousands of people, you know, chanting homicide in Kingston and Moxie. And it was a really dope moment. And then, you know, yesterday we get this fucking announcement. We're going to get a fucking rematch between these two attack teams at fucking New Japan.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know. If I, if I'll start off with, I don't even know if we really need a rematch between these guys in literally the same exact match. Uh, it's in a different promotion, but I don't know. I just feel like, I like why, you know, right. um, but it was exciting for sure. The match, the match was, was fun. The crowd was into it. still very hot. Luckily, you know, all those hours later after we were being there and it was like almost midnight right at this point, right. uh, the crowd was into it and yeah, pretty nice touch with having homicide come in. I know that him and Eddie have a lot of history together, so I'm sure Eddie Kingston had a lot to do with that. And I'm sure Tony Khan obviously was all about it. And uh, it was cool. I would like to just see this be a one off, though. Right, um, me too. I me too.
0: See, me too. Yeah, I don't want to see
1: Homicide as all elite. Like, I don't know. Like, I, they just, they're just they signing a lot of guys. Yeah. I just feel like there's certain guys that they just don't need in the company. And, and Homicide, no disrespect to him. I know he's a legend and all that. And I think he's in Ring of Honor, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, he was just, um,
0: yeah, he's part of right. uh Violence Unlimited. Right, so maybe, you know, he'll just stick to doing Ring of
1: Honor, but. Nonetheless, it was a very cool moment. Got a huge pop, so that that's always cool too. Yeah, and um, and yeah, post match, Eddie Kingston gets on the mic and just uh, talks about how you know AEW is New York City now, and they, they basically you know mark their territory and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it was cool. And then I love too how they they started playing uh New York, New York. Yeah, frank yeah. Thing. Nice little uh, touch. You know, nice little touch. Yeah, very very cool. And then uh, you know, we met up after the show for a little bit too and talked to. Some other people, and then, uh, yeah, that was, that was it, man. Like like I said, what a freaking night.
0: I, I, for, I don't know how I forgot this, but I definitely want to point this out, too. Before the show even started, Tony Khan came out, and, yo, his energy and just the energy from the crowd, so excited to see Tony or whatever. Like, I, I'm not mistaken. I don't know if you got to see this, but Tony Khan kind of looked emotional. He kept on just looking all over the arena, like the stadium, and looking all the way up to like the ceiling like the rafters of the stadium and he was just like in awe and just amazed and you could tell just by looking at his eyes he was getting emotional and just him getting excited and just talking to the crowd uh you know i, I don't know like it was it was a really good feel moment i don't know if you got to see that
1: yeah yeah I- I always usually like, yeah. You know, I'm always invested when Tony Khan comes out before the shows and it's on the microphone. You could tell everything that he says is so genuine yes. and he means it. And he's really like, every time he says, thank you guys for being there, I really appreciate it. You could tell he really appreciates it. Like, that's just the type of guy he is. And I just, I love his energy when he like, he, he does like, let's go. And he puts his fist up yes. in the air and he, and he yes. stomps with his foot. You know, like he, he gets so into it. He's such a mark,
0: but like, you gotta <laughs> love it, like. You know? But in a he good like, way, but in a good way, yeah, in a good no, way. Right,
1: in, in a complete good way. He looks like he's on cocaine half the time, too, but uh, he, he's just, he's a great guy. He's I'm a great guy. great guy, great guy, uh, great
0: guy.
1: Always thankful for him and always love when he comes out to acknowledge the crowd. Because obviously, that's not something like, you go to a WWE show, Vince would never do that, you know, Triple H doesn't even do that, like, so it, it's just, it's really, really cool to see him, like, interact with, with the crowd, and, and, you know, of course, he's got a lot on his plate. I mean, he's, he's trying to produce... Uh, a freaking one of the biggest shows of the year that they're about to do live on TNT, and he okay. still comes out two minutes before the show to, to talk to us. Like, I right. mean, I just think that's so awesome.
0: Yeah, dude, I, I love Tony. I have so much respect for Tony, and I think we all should. I know there's some peckerheads, uh, you know, so the slapdicks, uh, the haters of the world that like to call him Money Mark or like whatever, you know, just to talk smack about AEW but you know what we witnessed Wednesday was a like a historic event I went on record telling you and a couple other people this is probably like one of the best wrestling experience I've ever had and I've been to a plethora of wrestling shows but this is up there for me um, it felt like a pay-per-view quality s show and, you know, now that we're kind of like winding down here from like a- the AEW stuff and, you know, we don't got much uh left to talk about. We're going to talk about a couple other quick things real quick. But, you know, what does the future hold for AEW and like this tri-state New York City market? You know, I think it would be a huge mistake if somewhere down the line we don't get like a pay-per-view show in this uh, NYC area with like all the pomp and circumstance. And what I mean by that is like. Get like the the dynamite, the rampage, and then the pay per view, and then like kind of like the, all the festivities that comes with it. Whether it's like a fan fest, or maybe we get like a star cast. Um, if Conrad even plans to doing another star cast or whatever, I think in this New York market, man, I think they it's a gold mine for them. I mean, hey, the New York crowd
1: definitely made their case to. T- to aew and tony that you know we do deserve some sort of big event and you know it might just be this grand slam event annually every year around maybe the same time of the year in september or whatever and then we that's that might be it but i would love to see like one of the pay-per-views if they want to give us revolution or something like that you know in new york and then yeah do like a fan fest type of thing with it uh it'd be a little hectic be like wrestlemania (laughs) uh 35 weekend where Some things are in the city. Some things are in Brooklyn. Some things are in New Jersey. But, you know, that's unfortunately what you have to deal with in New York. But, I mean, yeah, dude, like, I just felt like, you know, like, despite everything we said about Arthur Ashe and the staff and everything, the building is perfect for wrestling. I mean, that's for damn sure. You know, I mean... I speak for myself. It's not hard for me to get to. Um, You said it was like an hour and a half to, which is uh, which is worth it.
0: And I'm a driver too. Like I'm from Jersey, so I drive legit everywhere. So I have no problem driving to Queens. I went to I went to Queens the following night for GCW, so I mean it gets nothing for me. There you go.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's great too. But you know, like you said, I I really do believe that eventually AEW is going to have to do some sort of pay per view here in the New York market. And you know, if if what Eddie Kingston says is true, you know that AEW owns New York City, which you know I you know, think the bold statement to make. And I know a lot of people were taking that to heart. Like, Tony Khan
0: also did say. That he wanted to kind of do like, um, you remember back in the day for WCW, they had like kind of like their like quarterly kind of class of the champions type events where it felt like a pay per view, but it was like live on broadcast TV on TNT. So maybe it'll be something like that where he'll announce like, oh, you know, uh, uh, some type of themed show on like on a Saturday, which is like a pay per view quality show, but he's gonna be like on TNT or TBS.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, l- listen, like I said, I, I feel like. We definitely made our case for a a big major pay-per-view here. Um, But if it's just going to be these type of, you know, this Grand Slam show, just say annually, like every September or whatever, I mean, that's cool too. Um, But yeah, I mean, if, if AEW really owns New York City now, like Eddie Kingston said, you know i just feel like they got to prove it now too so um i know they're coming to long island um in december i got my tickets for that already i'm looking forward to that that's that's the only thing that they announced uh for their return they said we'll be back and then who knows maybe at that event they'll announce you know when they'll be back the next time who knows but um yeah I'm, i'm not afraid of AEW coming to new york city for the future and running big shows here because like i said I just feel like you know you have to follow this one up. Like you gotta, you just gotta do this all the time now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree 110, bro. Because uh, the, what we witnessed on Wednesday was such a fucking historical show, and it would be a shame that they don't follow it up. But I trust AEW, and I'm almost positive they will. And hopefully, we'll get an announcement soon. Who who knows? Maybe a Revolution, or maybe some other type of uh, theme show or special event. Who knows? But uh. We should be getting an, uh, an announcement sooner rather than late. I'm most positive for that. But you know, following um, kind of like this big weekend or whatever, you know, GCW made their announcement once AEW made the announcement that they were coming out here for this Grand Slam. They they announced two events, and one of them was called Emo Fight, which I ended up going to on Thursday night, and it was a very different show compared to. Your usual GCW show. But it was fun. I think that's the best way to describe it. It was fun. We got some wrestling. We also got some performances uh, from, I guess, that genre of emo music. And then even... During like little breaks between the show, you had like music playing in the background that felt very emo. And I, like one of the ongoing jokes that I had um, throughout the night during this show was telling people like I am so depressed right now. Not because I was having a good time. I just wanted to be depressed because the the whole gimmick was being emo. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for for the most part, like I said, it was different, but it was a good time. I got to see so many people uh, on that uh, show as well. Like I said, at one point um, during this sh- during this show. Nick Gage came out and he had a segment called like he was gonna like DJ right and it wasn't him DJing it was he was more of a hype man like somebody else's DJing and he was playing My Chemical Romance and he legit had like the whole crowd fucking singing My, My Chemical Romance and people were just freaking out and I also got most like I got to see Marco Son perform and let me tell you something, something about Marco Son not only is he a great guy but that that dude has a voice of an angel. That, that kid could fucking sing. I don't know if you got to see the clips online, but um, I was legit right in front of this dude. Yo, he has a fucking great voice, man. Like, if wrestling wasn't his thing, right? And granted, he's more he plays more of a he does wrestle in AEW, but I feel like he plays more of a I don't want to say sidekick, but he kind of plays more of a maybe like a hype man role when it comes to Jurassic Express. Do you get what I'm trying to say here? Like, yeah, yeah. So he kind of plays like a second to Jurassic Express. But, you know, if he didn't take wrestling seriously, I think he could, like, do this professionally if he really wanted to. I don't know if you got to see any clips online of Marco performing. But he has a good voice. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw yours um, as well as the other ones
1: that he reposted. And I, I know that he did this briefly, too, on the Jericho Cruise not too long ago. But, yeah, I mean, that that's cool for him. It looks like that's another one of his passions, you know, and, and he's good at it, which is great. And it's always great to have more than one – you know thing you love to do so um you know and it's cool that you know like jericho gave him the opportunity to do it on the cruise and then that gcw gives him the opportunity to do it here right uh also he gets the best of both worlds and um yeah i mean that that show definitely looked like it was a different um experience right and um i even i even asked you i was like was there any wrestling on the show because like literally all the stuff that i i saw like there wasn't, I didn't really see much in-ring action. I I know that, I know it was, there was stuff, but I was just, you know, kidding around. But, um,
0: but yeah, it it
1: looked cool. It looked like it it was successful and it went off without a hitch and it seemed like everybody enjoyed themselves at it. Um, you know, I wish I could have attended either one of the shows that they had, um, you know, they had one Friday night too, but, uh, you know, my, my week was already busy as it is. So, uh, you know, and it's, it was kind of, uh, you know, like I said, I had to work and then leave work to, to go sit in traffic. Listen, traffic in New York is brutal, guys, so, you know, it's it's not that easy. Even though I live close to these places, like, it just would still take over an hour on a weeknight to get to, to Long Island City, which is where, uh, you know, the GCW was happening, stuff like that. So, yeah, but that's awesome, and I can't wait to go to GCW in Atlantic City in a few weeks, but... Um, yeah, it was cool that you got to experience this this emo fight. Yeah, they it.
0: So, so two more things on GCW, and we'll wrap up. Um, and clearly, we're not gonna talk about W because we already went on for like over an hour and a half talking about AEW. Because I, I think that's the most the the majority of all the exciting that happened happened this week was AEW related. That's no knock on WWE or anything i know they're gonna have a pay-per-view tonight or whatever um listen the, all the excitement is happening right now is with aew and i think we it, aew deserves for us to just dedicate the whole show to them you know for the most part
1: yeah i mean you know it's not like we don't do this on purpose but it's just like really like what what else and i said this to you off air it's like what else is really worth right talking about other than aew grand slam and then you, you know mentioning uh, the GCW stuff because you attended the show so it's like really like nothing else is happening in WWE right now like yes. I understand that they got um, the pay-per-view tonight I'll be watching it but
0: I, it's just they, oh, to talk about it it's right. like you know it's, it's a, little, a little bit depressing exactly no I agree with you 110% so I intended um, I went to this bar after the GCW show on Thursday because I couldn't go to the Friday show which um, which they had a great card and I'm going to mention two things about that I intended this bar called the Mad Donkey, if I'm not mistaken, and a lot of people were going there. Um, a lot of some of the talent that that wrestled that night, and I ended up uh, meeting John Carlo. Now, for those that don't know who John is. He worked for the WWE previously or whatever. I believe he got let go or maybe he just left on his own. I'm not really sure exactly what happened there. But he does like a lot of video work, a lot of video packages or whatever. He actually done a lot of stuff with Joey Janela. Even going back to some of his CZW days, like just kind of directing stuff or whatever, putting things together, whatever. He's a really talented guy. He's also the guy behind the Ruby uh, Soho vignettes that we saw before she made her AEW debut. And I didn't know much of this guy. I just knew a lot of people in the wrestling world. Talked about this dude like oh how he's so good at what he does and I saw him hanging out with like ally Cat and like Effie and a couple other uh, GCW uh, people and I don't know I just had a funny feeling I'm like yo I think this is John Carlo so at one point um and, and what's dope ab- about a lot of these independent uh, independent talent and especially like a lot of the people that worked at GCW if they see fans at a bar they're very they'll interact with you not necessarily like your fans but more like peers. So I think at one point I he was coming from like the other direction of the bar and he just you know he saw me he's like hey what's up man I was like hey what's go- what's going on bro I'm like by any chance are you Giancarlo and he's like, yeah, yeah. So I introduced myself. We had a really, really great conversation. We were just kind of like talking about some of the stuff that uh, that he was working on or whatever. And he actually said to me, he was like, oh, that's a dope shirt. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's your boy Joey Janelle's wearing a Joey Janela shirt. So uh, we had a really, really dope conversation. I had no idea this guy was like a Jersey guy too. So then we kind of had like the Jersey connection there or whatever. And, you know, we were talking shop for a little bit and we were uh, saying that hopefully, you know, we... We'll get to chat it up again and probably have a beer in AC or whatever. He'll be there for AC uh, for the GCW weekend coming up in a couple weeks. Um, really great guy. Check out his work with the stuff that he's doing. Like even check out some of his old stuff. Like if it's like a Joey Janelaven yet, I'm almost positive that it's he's the one that directed it. So it was a really dope conversation, you know. And just meeting John Carlo, whatever. Um, and, I, and I mentioned it to you yesterday too, how I met the guy, or whatever. Did you even hear about John Carlo? Who he was. Prior to me mentioning that to you, or have you ever heard of him? No.
1: no, I don't think so. No, yeah,
0: he's he's a great guy, but um, one last thing on GCW. Uh, so Friday I couldn't attend the show because I was at a wedding, but Matt Cardone is still doing business with GCW. And why I'm saying this is he appears on this GCW show Friday night, he's talking to Matt to the crowd because he's like the number one, if not one of the number one heels in GCW, and he's saying, like. You know, he got screwed off of the GCW world title. He wants he wants a rematch. He wants to make it a triple threat match at AC. And he says that he's still the GCW universal champion. And he also says he plans on defending his inter- internet championship as well. Brent Lauderdale comes out at one point and says, listen, if you want to be part of the match, you got to you gotta prove yourself. Defend your inter- internet championship. And out comes Effie. And fucking Effie beats him for the internet championship. So now it seems like not only Cardona still doing business with GCW. But now Effie's the Internet Championship, and I think he plans on defending the title. So where do you stand by this? Where do you think this is going?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. But, I mean, the biggest thing here is that I am happy that Cardona is still doing business with GCW. And even though he's not the world champ anymore, it's still very cool to see him involved. And I just feel like he continues to piss off the crowd with the Internet Championship. And I've seen him go back and forth with Effie um, on Twitter, like, leading up to this show. So I had a feeling he would be working with him. Some, okay, okay. In some aspect. Um, and, you know, it turns out he, he is. And I think it's really cool. Um, you know, it's it's something different. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a new, fresh guy to work with. And, uh, like you said, to keep Cardona involved and relevant in GCW, because I think, you know, more so, not just the fact that GCW needs him in the company, but I think he also needs GCW, too, because without it it's kind of just like yeah he's doing some impact stuff but like he's just another really guy like, right i don't think anybody cares about his impact stuff right uh, and and re- and really what is he going to do in impact he he's been teaming with chelsea and then he had that feud with brian myers but other than that i don't see him doing anything else there so the gcw stuff is like the literally the top thing he's doing right now right. in his career it's literally what's keeping him relevant so yeah i mean i'm into it and I think it's cool. And I, I just saw, actually, before we came on here, that he uh, released a new shirt. Uh, it says, get the F out, like the old WWF shirt. But it's it's F-E. He put the E and the S in oh, the Y. wow. Okay. And, F. And, um, and it's so funny. GCW, like, quote-tweeted it saying, like, nobody's buying this, you weirdo.
0: Like, it's just – so I'm into it, man. I, I think it's fun. It's great. It's great. Yeah, I think – I, I said it before, and – and people are like, "Are you fucking crazy?" I'm like, "But what has he done that that's actually matter?" And I think the stuff that he's doing with GCW is some of the best stuff he's ever done in his whole career. Absolutely, hundred percent. I mean, it's it's gotta be. Yeah, man, I'm really excited. Hopefully, it'll pop up in um, AC weekend. Maybe we get a rematch, or maybe we get something a uh, sort Because uh, I know Matt is a busy guy. Like you know, with like some of the podcast stuff he does, and you know, like the the figs, and and I get all that, but. Kind of like what you said, I still want him somehow involved with that GCW world, you know?
1: I, I'm almost, I mean, I don't know, like I can't say for sure, but I would got to think that he's going to be involved in that big GCW weekend in Atlantic City. I mean, there's two shows there. Uh, I would think he, he'd be there in some capacity, despite his busy schedule. Um, you know, he could easily just come in the morning of or the day of and then fly right. back. But yeah, So, I you know, I would think he'd be involved in some way, and I hope he
0: is. Yeah, me too. All right, dude, we that's it, bro. That's all I got, man. Um, I know, like I said, there's a pay per view happening for WWE, and I'll be watching it as well. You know, but there's not really much to talk about here. We we covered, AW Grand Slam, in its entirety. We went to details with it. We talked about our experience. I gave you some GCW notes, but that that's it. That's all I got, dude. I, I think we covered what we needed to cover. But um, yo, give me your give me your your plugs. Anything you want to shout out? Go ahead, Ryan. Take it away.
1: All right. Yeah. So uh, at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter, of course, can't say it enough. If you're not following, definitely uh, check it out. Uh, all the events we go to, I, I post a bunch of pictures on there and stuff. I like, try to share my experiences um, as best as I can on there. So definitely give that a follow. As well as Royal underscore Ramble underscore wrestling on Instagram. Brian Sendek as well. He was at the show this past Wednesday, and he's coming to AC with us. And, you know, he's, he's a great guy. He'll always he'll be around. He'll be posting some great content on there, too. Definitely check it out. Um, and then Wrestle Radar, you could follow that, like like I've mentioned in the past. You can follow it on Instagram and Twitter, at the WrestleRadar. But more importantly, follow it uh, or subscribe on YouTube to the Wrestling Radar and check out our vlogs from um, from All Out. They are up right now. We did not vlog for, for Arthur Ashe. We usually only do it for a, a long trip. Um, but definitely go on there and check out all of our videos. Uh, that would be much appreciated.
0: All right, uh, I want to start off by saying thank you to everybody that, that wished me happy birthday the, the past couple of days. Man, it truly means a lot, especially with the with the rough year that I've been having. But you know, like I, I told you privately, you know, the last uh, couple of days have been have been amazing. You know, it was a great distraction. Um, got to witness some great wrestling. I was at a historical event, and you know, I can I couldn't have had a, a better uh, weekend. So thank you to all the birthday wishes. You can follow me at Radar eighty seven. Make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Twitter. If you like the podcast, enjoy the podcast. Or if we piss you off, you know, leave us a rating or review, comments, grievances, leave us. You know, we like to piss people off and we're going to continue doing that. So for the old man Leo that's not here, but hopefully he'll be back next week. Uh, he actually had a camping trip with his family this weekend, so he couldn't make it. But uh, hopefully next week he'll make a return. And by the way, after next weekend, I'm not sure when we're going to do another episode because we have GCW weekend, and then the weekend after that is New Japan. So we might be taking a a two-week hiatus. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Just stay tuned next week, and we'll probably have more details for that. So, like I said, for the old man Leo that's not here for Orion Radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep it Radar, and stay too sweet. Goodbye. -mm 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 -mm
1: -mm 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 And goodbye night bang